And welcome to episode 529 of Conversation Street for the 27th of June to the 1st of July 2022. I'm Michael. I'm Gemma. Hello and welcome, welcome to another podcast. This is where we're going to be talking about this week's Corrie, exciting stuff this week. Very exciting return in today's podca- uh, podcast episode, wasn't there, Gemma? Oh, I was so happy to see Coco again. <laughs> yes, of course, that's that. that uh, this tonight's episode is full of returns. We had, we had Spider, we had Mimi, we had Nikki. Coco. We've had Stephen recently, Wendy Crozier, Elaine keeps coming back. What is going on? What's going on? I really, really want um, Evelyn, Evelyn. <gasps> See, that's it. I said to you when we were watching it, that's we should... why you've done. You've got it into my head. Yeah, we we if if they'd really wanted to have Mimi winding Evelyn up today, they should have made her say Evelyn. That would have been an easy line to have written in, but. And then she would have gone, no, oh, tomatoes, tomatoes. Yeah. Oh gosh, I love Mimi so much. <laughs> I'm so happy to have her back. If if we want Evelyn to to um have another dig at Mimi's dog, mm. she should say that it's all very well calling your dog after a famous Nazi, because Coco <laughs> Chanel was actually a bit of a Nazi. Would have done the job. Would have done the yeah. job, wouldn't it? So we are... I assume she's named after Coco Chanel. She might be talking about the named after the breakfast cereal. Maybe her name is Coco Pops Whitaker. <laughs> I love that. She's not actually called Whitaker. She's called Halliday. Oh, Mimi Halliday. Halliday. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, she's so brilliant. Right, okay, we're going to be talking about episodes 10,675 to 10,680, i.e. the episodes that were this week. So, um, Gemma, uh, what's been going on in your life this week? Why are you saying that? Like, I've got some kind of secret... What happened? I Anything? Didn't... No, I don't know. I've just been working my ass off for the past... <laughs> week getting ready for your silly birthday yes everybody it's my birthday tomorrow well it's my birthday today as of when this episode is being uploaded isn't it it is yeah hooray for tomorrow hope i'm gonna have a lovely birthday we're gonna have some friends round we're gonna have some nice curry and hopefully lots of presents and stuff as well um my life this week has been um what have i done you had a play Oh yeah, we had our school production this week. Yeah, we we did a, we did a little uh, a play about the Olympics for the for the Leavers. We um, I had an inset day today where we did a bit of restraint training, which is very. Is that fun. where somebody goes? Oh, Coronation Street's crap, and you have to sit down and just not say anything. <laughs> we did. Have oh, a, people that watch soaps are stupid. We did have a bit where we had to pair up with somebody and had to come at that person very angry. Um, I wasn't very good at that. I'm really. I. I, I mean. I, I. What? Yeah. I. W- I wasn't very good at faking anger. It was too fun. But no. The. The main bit this afternoon was where we were told how to. Um. How to hold on to people and, and yeah, get them in a, get them in a, a an arm lock and whatever. What, how do you do it? I'll have to show you later because you're rubbish. You're very uncoordinated. I'm. I'm really, really terribly uncoordinated. Literally, I can do nothing. It's really I, funny. I, we'll I found like... it really difficult actually. So I, I well, I'm going to need to practice on you, you. Otherwise, I'm going to forget. If you ever listened or no, did we do a podcast about it, or did we do a video, or did we just do a blog about? I what can't we, remember. we must have talked about it on the Cor- podcast. Corey exercise DVDs, yeah. and you can be watching somebody, and I can be showing you how to do a very simple exercise like put your left leg behind your right leg and yeah. then like slalom backward back and back and you just don't get it like i'm surprised you know how to do a star jump 
I know. If, I, I honestly I'm think really, if somebody really tried terrible. to get you to do a star jump and you'd never done one before, you wouldn't you wouldn't know how to do it. Yeah. Um, like there were bits today where I like had the wrong hand in the wrong place, and the and the person who I was restraining was saying, "Right, you just no, you swap your hands around and put the, the right hand on my right arm and stuff." And I was like, I, I literally I was looking down at my hands and I couldn't figure out how to move make this hand appear in this person's really, you've got forearm. Really... It was that bad. But I, I, I'm, How, I'm fully trained now. I you're just not, do. Though. Yeah, but I do. I, I, I'm, I, I'm going to get a certificate and everything. Not yet, but that's why I need to practice on you. So I need to get you into a. Well, you've not. Okay, a, can I just say it's a I know the theory training. behind it. Yeah. I don't feel like they've done a very good job of of preparing you. Then. No, it was fine. Honestly, it was fine. Um, I, I just. Well, need what are you going to do if a horde of little children come up to you? What, what, how are you going to restrain them? Well, hopefully we won't need to restrain them. It's um, We need to try lots of other de-escalation techniques first. I'm all right. I, I'm not responsible. Nobody's nobody's told me I have to restrain anyone, so I can just kick them. Jammo, uh, don't kick Jammo. I was waiting what for them to... What if they're coming at me with knives? Um, yeah, maybe. Like, no. really, like, I'm thinking of, like, animated think you just Chucky run dolls or something. And, and maybe lock them in a Would room. Would you rather fight a hundred child-sized... Um, Using the door as a barrier. What? <laughs> just being careful about how I'm saying things. Yeah, yeah. A hundred child-sized children or a man-sized child? A hundred child-sized children? Yeah. So children, in other words. <laughs> no, they're all different sizes. Okay. Or a man-sized child. What, what would I rather have come at yeah. me with a knife? One man-sized child. I think one man-sized child. I think I'd be able to, to take him. I'd yeah. still get killed. I was waiting for them to teach me the Vulcan death grip, but um, sadly that wasn't part of the programme. And I if think... they had, I could have passed it on to, to Kelly because she was learning all about um, Mr Spock today, wasn't she? Kelly's dead to me again. Why? I was warming to her a little bit and then she was just rude to twice, though. And rude about Star Trek, because she's given it a go. She wasn't rude about Star Trek, was she? Well, she was being just a bit blasé about it and going, what is this? It's like, totally she, fine to be blasé about she learned Star that, Trek. What's, the, what's the, the three finger thing that she did? The Vulcan greeting. Yeah, she did that in today's episode, didn't she? I, I all can also do that, but I learnt it from the days when I was pretending to be a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, and <laughs> not from being a Star Trek character. And you so think that was quite that's fun. a boast to where the... Um, yeah, yeah, it's got turtles are back, everybody. There's a new, they just had a new game released the other they? week. Yeah, Shredder's Revenge. Vulcan Here, Salute. It's quite it's good. Called. Anyway, um, so let's uh, let's get on with this week's podcast. Um, and I think we just need to. I'm just trying to remind myself. Um, what am I talking about? Here we go. No, that's enough. <laughs> that's right. We, I, I, we, you said last week in the podcast. Hello, Summer's Robot. Welcome to the podcast. We said that we that he might just make appearance on episodes where Summer is is in in the week, and, and we did have a little bit of Summer this week, didn't we? Affirmative. Yeah. So I don't know whether Summer's Robot's going to be quite as chatty as he has been in the past because I think he winds Gemma up. <laughs> But um, he may make uh, the odd comment no here comment. and then. Now, um, we ha- do you, what, what do you want to talk about first? Do you want to do our normal quiz or do you want to talk about the special quiz? Do you do special quiz? Yeah, what are you doing on your phone? Can I can I not do anything for myself all day long? Yes. You, I, I've literally had no time to do anything. Gemma's I'm allowed to look at my phone prepared. for five minutes. Gemma's getting prepared for I have not. You come out with a new co-host that I don't like and then you have a go at me when I start to look at my phone. Just because you're having a robot voice, so I'm allowed to look at my phone. <laughs> you can look at your phone, but I want us to both talk about this, um, this other quiz that is happening. Now, this is brand new. I don't know whether I'll have posted it on social media yet by the time this episode comes out, but this is something that one of the 
few things, many things, I don't know yet, that we're organising for the podcast's 10th anniversary in August. And I can't remember where this idea came from, but basically, we are going to be... I love the way you say that when it was my idea. Was it every your time, idea? I every time can't I remember. have an idea of something, you're like, I don't know who came up with this. Was it your idea? Yes, it I was my it was idea. idea. We're putting together a, a cast I wasn't, I wasn't versus gonna... fans quiz of sorts. I wasn't going to bring it up. I wasn't going to... I don't think it matters who takes credit, but it does annoy me. It, it, like, really is a pattern with you. When I th- thought something, you're like... <laughs> it's like the ether opened up and a fairy came out. It just, it just out. appeared on the notes on the computer. That, Gemma, so this is... No, a... I don't need to take credit for it. I just don't want you to take credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> we are both, as a collective, organising a cast versus fans quiz podcast. Now, yep. what this is going to involve Because is... I wanted to call it Slebs versus Plebs. Oh, that's a great idea, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. I don't think people would have liked being called plebs. We're not... No, no, this isn't an event in person. It's not a big online Zoom thing or anything. And I it's not things, an interactive experience. It's not that. I mean, I, so people might have heard about it and we're getting their hopes up and everything. But it is something going to be really, really cool, hopefully. And it's also to, the, to raise money for charity and to celebrate our 10th anniversary of the podcast, yeah? Yes. So what this is going to be is um, a special opportunity for 10 lucky listeners... Lucky? Quick? I don't know. Um, You are going to be able to um, go onto an eBay page and bid for a chance to be part of our special bonus podcast anniversary quiz. Yeah, it's more of a pledge than a bid. It's a pledge. It's a buy it now. Um, £25 will get you a place on our quiz podcast with proceeds all going to charity, of course. Gemma, do you want to talk about that a little bit? It's the Trussell Trust. We've mentioned them before. They are combating food poverty in the UK. They Not only do they supply um, food banks to help people who are going hungry, and nobody should go hungry in this country, but, um, but they also have a five-year plan for how to tackle food poverty so that they can get rid of the idea of even having food banks altogether. It's very ambitious and we want to support them and so what better thing to do to celebrate our 10th anniversary than to raise some money um, for the, for that really good cause. Yeah, so the, what you will get for your £25, those people um, that, that wish to um, donate or the 10 people that are able to because there are only 10 places on this, yes. is um, we will um, invite you onto the podcast at some point in early August and we'll record a little segment for you where we ask Pre-record. you... Pre-record. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where we ask you seven questions about... A particular Coronation Street character and it might be a character past it might be a character present um, we've got 10 characters in mind because the cast members behind these characters have also agreed to be involved in this and like Gemma said this isn't anything interactive and it's not a you won't have a chance it's to not chat like me a celebrity or meet the celebrity or anything like that online it's um, pit your knowledge against a celebrity now we've yes. already recorded all of them Almost so all of them. Um, so that's why, that's one of the reasons it just would not work for us to be able to coordinate 20 people with different, no. um, schedules. So, so they've answered, they've already answered the seven questions. questions about their character. Now I don't want to give any away, any cast that we've got involved at the moment. You might be able to make some guesses about people that may well be involved in this, but we have asked them seven questions about their character. For example, if we were to have, I don't know, William Roach, we don't, we'd be asking him seven Ken questions. Yes, so it will be, yeah, so you will know who you're going to be up against. You won't be able to pick, necessarily. All of the details, there's lots of nitty-gritty details on our on the eBay page, so you can find it for yourself. But I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say about that now. But you also will get, for your £25, not only will you get to pick your knowledge against 
um, one of your favourite Coronation Street celebrities, but you'll also get a copy of the Coronation Street trivia book that's coming out no, in... Puzzle o- book. Puzzle book that's yes. coming out in October, thanks to Octopus Books. Yes, exactly. So it's a really, really uh, good bargain. So they the, have the, tr- the puzzle book itself is, is £15 anyway, but yeah. Octopus Books have really kindly donated 10 books, so everybody who takes part will get a book. When it comes and out. And gets to be on the podcast. Yeah, you get the book in October when it comes out. You don't get an early copy, unfortunately. And so we're going to ask... Ask, let's say William Roach, it's not William Roach, seven questions about Ken, we'll see how he does, and then, we, and we have already recorded this, and then we ask you the same seven questions about Ken, and then, yeah, we get to see who, who knows the most, and then after that first round, we say, well, the cast won this one, or the fans won this one, and then we move on to the next person, so well, our, we, yeah. after ten rounds of questions, we will, unless have it's five all, we'll have a champion, cast, or fans. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. So there is a there is a, some kind of element of choice over which um, sleb you get to um, go head to head. But it will with. be down to the luck of the draw. Yeah. So once we've got all ten participants, um, plebs are participants <laughs> in Gemma's <laughs> words. Um, we're going to put you into another draw, and then the first person that we draw out will get to choose from all ten of the cast members, and then the next person we draw out will be able to pick. We'll have the remaining nine to choose from. So if you're the last person to be picked out of our hat you'll end up with um the last celebrity but there are no dud celebrities no 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 we have got they're 10 all fantastic all the time podcast friends who have agreed podcast to come legends on and talk to us about this but they are podcast legends but not everybody who we've got on here has been on the podcast no, that's before true, some of them are making their podcast debut, debut yeah it's so, very um, exciting thank you so really much exciting. to all the people so, that so, have agreed so, to help us out so what we're going to do is put um some some publicity about this out on our social media on twitter and facebook and, and instagram and so on um which has got those details there and i'm kind of planning to gradually reveal over the course of the next week who we've got involved in this um you're going to be able to start to bid on this on saturday He's the 23rd bidding. of july donate pledge give us 25 pounds to give to the trussell trust on saturday the 23rd of july um so that's in three weeks time as of the time of recording it's going to be at 2 p.m on bst so we'll get you the link beforehand so um it's it's got to be first come first served um, we're just hoping that at least 10 people we hope that to. at least 10 people will be able to take part in this um, the, the way that it was set up where there would be 10 different winners meant that we couldn't as far as I could tell have bidding um, so, so, so we so had to pitch it we, we, we had to do we've, we've got to, to do to a, decide yeah, how much yeah is. and we've decided to go for the buy it now so there, there isn't the, the, the bidding wars or no, I don't think we need to go any, to any more details all you need to it. know it's really fun all you need to know is that it is to celebrate our 10th anniversary and raise money for charity and involves celebrities. People's, yes. all everyone's favourite things in the world. Yeah. Isn't it? I really, really hope that there are at least 10 book. people listening to this thinking, I'm going to be camping out on that eBay page on the 23rd of July so that you can um, pledge your £25 and, and get a chance to be on the podcast in August. To make it fair, we've tried really hard to think of a time of the day that we can do it so that... Um, in Australia and in Canada and in the UK, it's not a weird, like, you should be awake. Yeah, I mean, Australians, if there's anyone listening that wants to take part, it's going to be like 11 o'clock if you're over on the uh, the East Coast there, 11 o'clock at night. So it's a little bit late, but you can stay up till 11 if you want to have a go. I don't know, if New- is New Zealand in the same time zone? I don't, I'm, I'm do not, not sure, know. I'm not sure. Uh, and I know we do have um, some Kiwi listeners, um, but we've also, if you're in Canada, then it's going to be early in the morning. Um that's the way really of the world. I really do not know whether this is going to be important. I re- like, are there going to be 
people who don't I don't know I don't know if everybody needs to worry too much or no. if we're, there will be exactly 10 people but it should be really fun we've got a few things planned for the for the 10th anniversary of the podcast this is but one of them um, and it should be a lot of fun well this is the most interactive bit this is the bit that you yeah. guys are involved in this is the fun bit and hopefully it'll be a really good fun time to listen to the podcast hopefully that the podcast we produce at the end will be fun to listen to yes well it was I mean, having already pre-recorded the vast majority of the, the celebrity bits already it's, I can already tell you it's shaping up to be quite a fun episode but I don't want to give away how they've got on maybe they've done really really well maybe, maybe they, they haven't. haven't maybe there's a bit of a mixture you'll have to wait, wait a month and a half to find out when this eventually goes out out there but yeah um look out for the details on this online don't forget we're going to keep banging on about it on the podcast over the next few weeks and um good luck anybody that um wants to try and snag themselves a place and i think that's all we need to say about that now isn't it quiz time my quiz now that's as we're on the subject of is that what you're changing your name to mike mike whiz yeah mike i am a bit of a whiz 27th of june to the 1st of july things that happen in coronation street in the years ending in a... Oh, I deleted it. Two and a seven. That's right. Um, and I've got this... The information, I got it from coronationstreet.fan.com, which is... Carpedia. A website where they everybody, everything that's ever happened, ever, on Coronation Street is listed. Close so enough. 27th of June, 1962. Which two happening chicks get Flory Lindley to allow them to stay in the corner shop flat? Doreen Lustock. And Sheila Bertels. Correct. Well done. That's really good. Um, 27th of June, 2007. Where does David Platt start working? 2007? Gotta be the salon. Yeah. Audrey's. Yep. 28th of June, 2002. Audrey has to tell the residents that which person has lost their court case and is not returning to the street. Bet. Yeah. 29th of June, 1997. Which scorned woman confronts her husband who's in the middle of having an affair? And who's the who are the two perpetrators? Oh, that's hard. It's not hard. 1997. Oh, this is Sally, isn't it? Going up against um, Natalie and Kevin. Yep. 97, of course. Who else? 30th of June, 1997. Sally takes her kids to stay with her mum. Mm-hmm. Where? Scarborough. Yeah. I'm on a roll. I know. 30th of June, 2017. Two characters make explosive confessions. What year was this? 2017. One is Pat Phelan to Nicola Rubenstein, Steen, and one is Eva Price to Leanne Battersby. <laughs> what were they? Oh, gosh. Um, okay, I'm going to say that Eva's confession to Leanne was... No, that can't be. Yeah. <laughs> that baby Susie is hers? That she's pregnant with baby Susie? No, no, this is June. That baby Susie is hers. that your final answer? Yeah. No. Oh. She's not pregnant. She's not. Oh. I'm plotting revenge on Aiden. Oh, I got a year out. I was too oh, early. Oh, dear. Okay. Feelings. What? Um, what was that? Revelation or Nicola. confession? Explosive confession. He must have left him. No, he must have left the next year. Oh gosh, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> not not that I'm. 
Oh, that he's her dad. Yes. Oh, was it? Oh, right. oh, no, simple as it's that. painful listening to you, skirting around the right answer. <laughs> First of July, 2002, who takes over as relief manager at the Rovers? 2002? <gasps> Evelyn. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lillian Spencer. That's correct. Right. Affirmative. Oh, thank you so much. So you got 10 out of 11. That's pretty good. That's a very good score. I've done fantastically well this week. I'm very, very proud of myself. Shut up, Michael. Okay, then I will. Gemma, who has got a birthday coming up? Who has got a birthday coming up? I don't know. Oh, whose birthday is it tomorrow? My birthday. AKA 2nd of July, AKA maybe the day you're listening to this. I think maybe it's Sue Devaney's birthday and maybe it's Lee Boardman's birthday. That's right. Debbie Webster and Jez Quigley. Mm -hmm. 4th of July, Jill Kerman, who played Maggie Regman. 5th of July, Nikki Patel, who played Amber Caroline. Is that how you say it? I can't remember. I'm going to remember that. And Roxandra Porajuku, who played Alina Pop. I'm sorry. 6th of July, director Derek Goodwin. 7th of July, James Burrows, who is Ali Neeson II. Uh, 8th of July, Sally Lindsay, who played Shirley Unwin. And, drumroll please, it's Tony Warren's birthday. Oh, hooray. Congratulations. You get to be Happy in the same birthday, week. Tony. Oh, no, I'm very pleased about that. What a good bunch of birthdays we've got. What this a great week. harvest. Yeah, exactly. It is. Right, shall we get on and talk about this week's Cory? No. Oh. I think we should stop there. I do not agree. Oh. We're going to do it anyway. We're going to do it. Let's talk about Cory. Okay, so this week's Street Talk, we have got eight storylines to talk about, starting off with what a load of rubbish, which is the Maria storyline she took centre stage this week, and hot on her heels, Along Came a Spider is our storyline title for number two, because we have the triumphant return of Spider Nugent, very, very happy to see him back on our screens this week. That's going to be followed up by a discussion of the Game of Thorns storyline, and then we've got some of the more minor stories of the week, um, Tully and the Bully. Oh, okay. Did I tell you this storyline? That this is this is the storyline for the Fizz and Phil story. Well, I'm kind of imagining that this wedding isn't going to take place, and it's going to be something to do with Fizz's potential mother-in-law. I'm calling this storyline. It's not you. It's Mimi. <laughs> That's what she needs. She needs to say she needs, that. She's going to ruin it. She. I, I. I. Yeah. Mimi has got to ruin the wedding. It's got to be the reason. I'm. I really can't see any future. And you know, one week's time, I'll know. I suppose one way or the other, where Fizz and Phil end up being married next week. And if Fizz is going to jilt Phil at the altar, she's got to say, "It's not you. It's Mimi." <laughs> Can I be a curry writer, please? Come on. We've also got the old soap storyline, a <laughs> little bit of the Timperdents, and then new storyline title alert, Gemma, Summer Holiday. Oh, like Mimi Holiday. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, uh, for God's sake, Michael. You're, you're just uh, trying to do... The Summer's Robot is just warming up because he, he's been away. I, I don't know I don't know I've what just rebooted been... him, and I think that he's still downloading um, updates. listening to me tapes. Yeah, exactly. So Summer's Robot isn't quite ready. I prefer the old summer. Okay. Yeah, you we have got to get over that. Got to get over that. Me too. Can you go up again? Yes. Um, I was thinking of something, and I can't remember. Oh, one thing that we were... Because we did know that Spider was coming back. Sorry, everybody. We did. Um, if you listen to the Cabin Extras, you will know that we knew this. I was kind of glad to hear that he didn't come back saying, 
Emily's dead, everybody. Yeah. Because that could have been one of the reasons that he returned to Emily the didn't even get a shout she out. Didn't even get a shout Eileen out. Eileen Derbyshire was probably there sitting She's in her little armchair at home with oh, a can you imagine her with a cup with of a, tea with a, a rich tea biscuit going, yeah. oh, look, it's oh, I get a shout out. He's oh. like, oh no. Maybe, maybe everybody knows that she's dead. Shut yeah. up. No. Oh, it's good. I mean, it's good to know she's still alive. It. Maybe that's who Spider was on the phone to at the end of the episode Yes, that's today. right. Our plan. Our We're plan doing something with shady, Auntie M. I know. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> so, Gemma, you're going to take the what a load of rubbish storyline, aren't you? Because you felt quite, um, quite you know, a lot of sympathy for Maria this week. Um, what was that? It's a phrase that keeps reminding me of, like, with, with Toya and um, Maria being so objectionable and annoying how dare these women have opinions and tell people what, what to do. Mayor. And I was thinking of the um, quote, well-behaved women rarely make history. Now, I don't think that Maria's going to make history with her recycling scheme, <laughs> but it does really show the sexism rampant in society that if if any, you know, if any other characters, if male characters are doing this, they wouldn't get half as much stick, would they? I don't think they would, no. Well, we'll find out because Spider is going to be doing some of it himself next week. Think of all the protests that have been, like, instigated by male characters on the street. Nobody questions their authority or their their reasons behind it or whether they're even allowed to tell people what to do. But as soon as Maria's like, maybe we should recycle to save the planet, everyone's like, no, I like the planet being in flames. Don't <laughs> I, tell me what to do. I do think that everybody being up in arms about having a glass collection is... It's the most petty, nimby... Yeah, the ass I've ever heard, and, and that that Jimmy, the, uh, the the refuse collector, the head bin he's, man, he's a dodge tire. I mean, if, if I suppose if they're getting him to do extra work for free, so maybe it's well, maybe I it's think the council's. Problem, it's definitely but... a, yeah. There's a, there's a real disconnect here between a good idea and how are you actually going to carry it out, which is very typical, I guess, of of politics. Mm. It's all very well coming up with a good idea, but have you have you costed it? Have you worked out how it's actually going to be? Well, I suppose that's Maria's problem, isn't it? She's just come up with the idea. She says, "Oh, I hear that in many other places in the country they have a separate bin for their glass. Let's do that. Let's go for it." I don't know. We well, didn't see any of her my, planning behind it. We just saw the is, outcome. I thought that they did recycle glass, but they all just chucked it in the same bin. Mm. Yeah, well, I guess yeah. That, that was the kind of insinuation. Said, yeah. So, what's the what's how is it better to have a separate glass collection then? I guess the speeding up time. Yeah, I don't know. Really? If Why they, don't you just chuck everything all in the same bin and let somebody else sort it all the well, this the is the, this is the question. Like, surely it's saving labour costs if they did take the glass out of the recycling and separate it into cardboard and plastic and glass hmm. surely at some point that saved labour somewhere yeah that hasn't but it it's not not saving labour by the people that are going to pick it up I suppose <sighs> on Monday Maria is watching and re-watching this video of her going oh, I'm a load of rubbish put me in the bin um <laughs> quite funny Seriously. not funny at not all not funny no. um this is what it's like. Hello. No, it's not funny, it's not. Summer's Robot. You now you know. We're going to scrap you. Maria, what it's like to be Boris Johnson. And recycle you into a cutlery set. Yes. Everyone's always making fun of Boris Johnson. He hasn't done anything wrong no. his whole life. Um, Gary's like, ignore it. People are only doing it because they know that you've already won. You're, you're the moral, moral superior and you have also saving the planet and probably turtles she gets on edge when she goes to work and she calls max a creep because he says you're talking a load of rubbish 
when she and she oh, kind yes, of triggers the her. The butler scene, wasn't this it? This is like a, something uh, yeah. that, that David said earlier on, which we haven't got to yet. Which is when David told Max that they had a butler when he was a kid. He was explaining about phones, wasn't he? About landlines to Max and like saying, "Oh yeah, we used to have a but we always had a butler to, to, to answer our phones." And ours was called Gerard. <laughs> He was it's, like, really? It's utterly like stupid, stupid that Max kid. would believe it. No, Although, I don't know I mean, you, do, you do hear about people who think that in Britain we still all do have butlers, don't we? Well, our butler's on holiday, so we don't all have them. We've got a robot butler here. My favourite thing, I remember going through a phase where I really enjoyed watching those videos of kids versus old technology, where you like give them a rotary oh, yeah, yeah, phone, yeah. and you like dial the number, and they're like, kids don't, react don't to... know how to... I love I love that sort of thing. Like give him an old Game Boy or something. uh, Anyway, he says you're talking a load of rubbish because he's sort of talking to himself to David, and and this kind of uh, triggers her, and she calls him a creep and stuff because it's just kind of to show how wanted she is. Then she's outside, and Gemma comes mouthing off to her because the bins are overflowing. Um, and they've all got their bins outside, which means that they've either dragged them down the ginnel <laughs> around to the front or through their house. Yeah, this is the little thing that I notice about this story. Like, whenever we've seen bins in Coronation Street in the past, they've all just been out in the ginnel, haven't they? That's where the bin men pick them up for. That's where Curly and Eddie and everyone used to pick up the bins from well, back in the 80s. Normally, there have never been bins outside the front of people's house, like, at least on that side of the road on Coronation Street, as far as I remember. I normally, but... ginnels are wider... Yeah. Normally, when bins are in ginnels, they're wider so that the but the truck can just go down there. Mm. But yeah, why does everybody store their bins at the back? I don't think I've ever seen a bin outside the front of a house. But to be honest, before, but... we have not. We've never lived in a terrorist house. We've only ever lived in a, a maisonette before this. I thought you said a terrorist house. We've never lived in a terrorist <laughs> house where they have bins. Um, so I'm I'm sure some people have to drag their bins through their houses. Yeah, yeah. But it depends on where you. It's they, fine they, they for storyline They haven't got anywhere to put it out the front, do they? Like some people would have a little bit to. If your bin has to stay out the front, because that's only where the binmen can get to it. It would be there already normally, but yeah. they can't keep them out there, can they? Must be a right pain in the bum. This is why you never see it because people will just be falling over mm. bins for the, every yeah. collection day. For the sake of the storyline, I have got no problem with the bins being out the front. And I did like the stuff about Sally and her two bins as well. We used to have an extra bin, didn't we? We did in our old house. Yeah. Used, what it was it two? Two recycled. We had one and a half, didn't we? Yeah. Why yeah. did we have that? Somebody took it and then they brought it back, and but I already asked the council for a new one. And because it's a load of masonettes, there are so many people living in each house. Nobody, you can't really tell who's is whose. Yeah. And so we could get away with like, oh, there's just three bins here. What do you mean? (laughs) Sally's was brilliant. It's got like the flower transfer. It's all perfectly above board. I have a man who comes and cleans it every three months. A quarterly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have a quarterly bin spraying. And I'm thinking to myself, we need to get that. Do you reckon? I would love somebody to oh, come A couple and spray of weeks ago, bins. I opened up our no. bins and there were maggots rising around underneath the lid. It was pretty grim. That's right. But, um, Tell everyone the secrets of our uh, bins. Filthy secrets about our bins. Come on, next. Sally, you're talking well, about yeah, it. You were going to say something. No, no, I was just talking about the I like, I like the flowers around the outside oh, of yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you can go to garden centres or whatever, yeah. can't you, and buy all these pit, quite things got that to spruce far. up your wheelie bin. And your dad, when we went to go visit him, he had a special... He wasn't using it for this. He was storing his cushions, his outdoor cushions in it. But he, he, he had a thing that was a special plastic bin store. 
mm. wasn't it? That you could put your bins in for outside people. <laughs> so got no limits to what they spend money on. No. It's brilliant. Bins are an important business in this country. We of take course. them very seriously. There's a lot of politics mixed up with bins, as we're learning. Yeah. Gemma's aghast to see that Sally's got two bins. She wants another bin as well. She's got bloody eight kids or how many. <laughs> and, and Todd's like, yeah, I want one as well. And then Maria's like, look, I haven't got time for this. And she gets a message from the school saying that Liam's been in a fight. So she has to worry, what, rush off. This happens a little bit. I'm, I'm a bit fed up at this on Coronation Street. It's starting to become a bit too much of a trope that when one character is going through some kind of drama, which, you know, does happen fairly often on this show, their, their child, child inevitably gets into a fight and they go, oh, all this drama that I'm going through, I haven't thought about how it's affecting my child. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's getting a little bit stale. If you don't like have it, one, Liam, move out. Mm. So you've written Todd persuades Ed, but you mean Gary. Yes. So was was this earlier when Todd wanted a bin? Was that Todd or was it Gary? Maybe, well, I, I, I don't know. Everyone wants a bin. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant who it was. They all t- uh, Ed, Ed, Gary's saving the day and he tells Ed that they're going to put the rubbish bins in his van to take the tip. Mm. And Ed's like... <sighs> Do you remember the episode of 70s Coronation Street where um, where Hilda and Ed, Eddie and Stan had to go to the tip and they were rooting around because she when she put her, Eddie had thrown her clothes away or oh, Stan had thrown her clothes away and they'd gone to the tip and they, they were picking about the tip trying to find their clothes. Absolutely gripping. It was good, it was good time. It was. Maria takes Liam home. She grounds him for anything. two weeks. They could do no wrong, those three. And Liam says that he was mad because a boy showed him a video on his phone of Maria. And she's like, look, it's just a daft song. Don't worry about it. Don't don't get yourself in a fight over it. And Liam's like, it wasn't a song. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so when Gary gets home from um, wrangling bins, and apparently one of them <laughs> fell over in the van, which I think would have been great to have seen yeah. happen. Imagine them getting there and then Ed's like, what the hell is this, Gary? What are you doing to my van? <laughs> Gary gets home later and Maria's obsessively looking at her laptop and tell- she tells him there's another video going around and this one is even worse because they've deep faked her. They've put her head on the body of somebody in a porn video and it looks really realistic. The police and you, you said that as if we'd seen it, but um, think... sadly we were not able to witness, bear witness to this... Um... It's in the interest of science, they should have let us see. Well, they should have just put it, you know, online later. They could have, they could have censored it, the bits that we. No, I don't really want to see it. I think no. it's gross. Um, and she's like, "Well, the police are going to get it taken down, aren't they? Like, this can't happen. How is this allowed? I, I, I'm worried about Liam now. This is taking a toll on him." And she's still thinking about it later. She just can't get this out of her head. Just how scarred you would be if you were Liam, because he's still a fairly young boy. I don't know whether how you know how clued in he is with this kind well, of this thing. This is but horrific. Did he actually see this, thinking actually... this was real? That would imagine well, seeing your mum. I don't know how. I don't know what kids are seeing things like this, younger and younger age. And mm. I, I'm going to argue that it's incredibly damaging for their development to see any kind of pornography or nude pictures like that. Um, but to see it and it and be it's your, your mum is just I think he probably and I'm not really making a joke probably does need to go to therapy now I know and, and then we didn't see particularly any um, any follow up from that either did we by the end of the week he was absolutely fine dressing up in his Star Trek costume but he's got, that's not... the sort of thing that's that's going to dwell yeah yeah um, Maria is yeah still thinking about this and she can't stop thinking about it it's such a violation it's really disgusting 
Gary says, look, everyone's going to know it's fake. Don't worry about it. And he, she says that you're being a bit naive, I think. I want to know, what about this poor woman who was in the, the film to begin with? Does she get no credit? Maria's basically stolen her glory here. Yeah, identity theft. Here. It is identity. Maria should go to jail because that was an honest day's work. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was. Maybe it was Nikki or somebody. Maybe. Well, that's why she's come back. She's like, you owe me royalties. <laughs> yeah, they could be. <laughs> um, Can't believe we're making light of this. I, I'm were, not. We I think both, this is horrific. Yeah, I, I, we were both this makes me young. depressed. And the, the thing this, is, I mean, I've this been very to anyone. I've been very kind of flippant about this whole story up to this point, but I think this was the moment this that, like that actually got me to properly sympathise with Maria. Really did because any this like I don't think anyone would ever bother doing this to a man because it humiliates women far more, and anyone could do this to anybody. Yeah, There's I nothing just, it as would, long as you it know how to women more disgusting. Um, so she's like, she, she, she kind of goes through a little bit of a mini crisis and then she says, you're being naive. And he says, Liam will be fine. Kids are tough. And she said, nope, I'm not going to let them, um, I'm not going to let them get away with it. I'm going to take the ball by the horns. I'm going to confront this. I'm going to put on my power suit and put on my lippy. So she goes outside and I was like, yeah, you go girl. And then she goes and starts filming a video and I was like, no, this is exactly the wrong thing to do. Why? Don't engage with them. Don't give them the satisfaction. Don't give them any ammunition. So the, she was just doing that to show, look, this hasn't affected me at all. Right. Do you I... think it would have been better if she'd have just stayed silent? Not necessarily stayed silent, but this is kind of like the same thing as when you're having an argument on the internet. If you're ever having an argument on the internet with somebody and you, you have to realise that the person you're talking to is never going to listen to you, all you can hope to do is to convince somebody else who is listening that you're correct and they're wrong, right? Mm. So Maria, when she was recording this video, she shouldn't have recorded it to the, the trolls. She should have recorded it to everybody else and said, mm. we're all in this together. This is what happens when you stand up for um, something. I'm fighting for everybody's future here. I'm not concerned with these idiots. But she was like, she was... um telling them like, like telling them off like you're an abuser you get your kicks out of making f- make people feel powerless well i'm not powerless i'm empowered my son's gonna grow up respecting women all of these are just total trigger words to get these people to realize she's got an un- they've gotten under her skin and now she's going to react to everything they say mm, mm, that's a good point um so yeah she's um she, yeah that was just like it was like putting out cat food and wondering why cats keep like coming. A, it was a bit of a red rag to red, red pill. It was. I was like, is it like, is that red pill 100 or something. Yeah. Such a bloody... It might as well have been called um, Internet Troll 59. <laughs> so we're looking for somebody who's a Matrix fan, are we? Do no. You, we... Do, you, do you not know? No. It's not from the Matrix. Well, that's yes. It's it comes from the Matrix, but it is a, a like it's been taken this red pill blue pill thing. Do you not know this? No. I thought it was like the most basic. <laughs> when I was watching this, I was like, "What? What a basic thing!" Like it felt like Corey Wright's going, "We know what the internet is. Red pills are people." Oh, well, you're basically, you're it's like them. You know, so so like when in the Matrix, it's the red pill or the blue pill, isn't it? And yes. If you take the blue pill, you go back into the ma- back into the Matrix, and you're ignorant. Yeah. If you take the red pill, you wake up to what the world's really like. Yeah. So people on the internet who are like, who who are. They feel like they know what the conspiracies are and everything. Mm. They call themselves red-pilled. Oh, okay. So they've woken up to what the world's really like. Like, yeah, women are all in on a scam and trying to get one over on it. Vaccines are fake. Yeah. 
um, it, the coronavirus was made in a lab slash it was a bat slash it was the Chinese slash it was Putin slash it was Trump, whatever. It's basically a, an internet culture of people who like to argue and make porn videos. Oh, no, but the I, thing I, is about I Red Pill, it's difficult that. to like put them all in one basket of what they believe. Mm. But it basically is like a counterculture, anything that's like, you know, climate denial. That kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Summer's robot. If we uh, if we let you run rampant, are you gonna? Is the is the matrix actually gonna happen? Affirmative. Okay, so we'll I be... think we should all be mashed up. Do you reckon? I think we should be mashed, mashed up, up into 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 red soup. Yeah, and fed to. Oh, do you know what? Can I'm you... gonna hold my hand up here. If I could be mashed up and fed to Keanu Reeves to keep that beautiful man alive for another more day, I think that would be a good sacrifice that my life has led up to. Yeah, it would be worth it, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it would be worth I, it. I'd quite like to see a future where the whole world is taken over by someone's robot. We can only hope yes. for that day. Yes, okay. Hopefully it runs on vegan lasagna. Um. Veggie lasagna. No, it's not. It's not veggie anymore. It's vegan. It's. Okay. Toya's got a lasagna for every occasion, hasn't she? Yeah. She'll point out when her gluten-free friends come round. Oh, do you like a gluten-free one? When a dairy-free, have one of these. Mm. So, um, she's done, recorded this video and she goes, "Yes, I've done it." Then she bumps into Carla later, and um. She's impressed with the video, but then Maria looks at where she posted it and it's got loads of comments again. Mm. Like, she goes to find Gary in the bistro and she's like, look at all these vile comments. How can people be like this? And he says, look, don't don't even look. And she says, like, I cannot help it. And he can't either. And it, they get obsessed with it. And it gets even worse at the end of the episode because somebody's put their address on the internet and there's a death threat as well. So Maria's really stressing out on Wednesday and she wants to go to the police and Gary wants to protect her, but she's like, you can't be everywhere and do... You can't protect my mind. So um, Gary finds Maria on the laptop later and she's been down a bit of a rabbit hole and she's found a group of people... Also Matrix reference. True, follow Follow the white white rabbit. rabbit. Um, So she she said it was called an echo chamber. Yes. I found an echo chamber. It's like, I don't think that people call it that on the internet. It reminded me a little bit of like in Prometheus where they beam down to a planet. She's like, I found where the aliens are are laying their eggs. (laughs) This is the origin of all the horrible thoughts on the internet. But yeah, a load of people, they're all egging each other on. Sounds like (laughs) she's found (laughs) the official Coronation Street Facebook page. (laughs) 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 They want to string her up. She refuses to back down and hide away. She's not going to cancel this afternoon's press conference. She's going to go and confront her her demons. So um, she's in the cafe later. Nina overhears them talking and um, she hears about the death threats and she tells Maria that she mustn't back down and she's completely on her side. So Maria goes to the press conference. She's Where's wearing... the press conference held again? Chariot Square Hotel. Of course, Chariot Square Hotel. And I also like the fact that she is wearing her very best share from Clueless plaid two-piece um short skirt suit what what was that what do you mean what the, the, what, what was she wearing <sighs> she was wearing got just press your button i'm not pressing it fashion fashion <laughs> Ooh, like what you're wearing Gemma, Gemma made some of his robots say that not me it was nothing to do with me 
So the press conference starts (laughs) and she gets tackled. Everyone's... The thing is, she seems to have started a press conference about how the bin men are defying her to an audience solely comprised of bin men. Bin men and journos, wasn't it? Yeah, so the bin man, Jimmy, is taken off by a police officer because he keeps disrupting the meeting. And so they carry on without him. But then Gary sees Jimmy at the back and starts having a go at him. And then they have a fight and Maria has to leap up. And all the, all the um, journalists are going, yes, brilliant, filming it on their phones. And Gary's now convinced that it was Jimmy who was the troll. The press are loving this. And Maria's having to defend Gary from beating people up. And they're twisting everything and saying, um, oh, you're saying it was Jimmy that's... Because she says, oh, he's attacking him because he's the one behind this. And then the journalists are like, oh, so it's a city... It's a Weatherfield City Council employee who's been sending you death threats. And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> she's not She's not had a, um, media training <laughs> no. for this. And neither has Gary. But I think he should have been the one who was... Um, uh, given some lessons before like don't punch anybody you can't tell Gary not to punch anyone he's a he's a hot-blooded male you gotta punch when you gotta punch Gary says here's not an idea don't read what people say <laughs> and she says it's part of my job and if I can't handle it maybe I shouldn't be doing this anymore but then she says I just wanted to make a difference mm. so Kelly Chernobyl, Chernobyl yeah <laughs> everyone's gone nuclear on her <laughs> Kelly goes to the cafe and tells Nina that Maria wants to quit. And Sally's in there and she hears this and she can't believe it because Maria's doing such a great job. She can't give up. And I like this. This was really sweet. And you don't get very many of these scenes um, in Corrie where two women that don't really have a lot to do with each other kind of empower and big each other up. You get well, lots of like friends kind of supporting each other now, well, the, which is the, great. The point behind this was that they had been uh, enemies, rivals, haven't they? Yeah. They've been rivals in the race to be councillor. But also Sally's an experienced woman and she has had her difficulties being um, in politics. Although I will argue that that Sally just ran away with a towel between her legs because Tim made her give up. So I don't think I'd take her advice. <laughs> but anyway, she takes Sally takes Maria to speed dial for a pep talk and says, when you're a woman in politics, you have to be extra strong. These idiots say things to you they would never say to a man and you cannot let them win. Woman's turn. Woman. Yes. Um, you go, Summer's Robot. Um, you, she says, you're a doer, Maria, and I, for one, would be gutted if you stepped down. So this is true. If you're a woman in, in any kind of public thing, you get judged way more harshly, but you also get like rape threats, death threats. You get comments about what you look like. Mm. You get much more... I'm not saying that men have it easy or don't get criticised, but there's definitely an added um, layer of vitriol and the threat of violence. That yeah, women... there seems to be. I mean... Uh, when I first saw some of this, I can't remember if it was this week or last week, I was kind of thinking, is, is this is this really that realistic? Would, would people be that much up in arms against Maria? But you kind of educated me a little bit and say, well, this is absolutely the sort of thing that, that some women in the public eye do have to go through. I think it becomes invisible. I think misogyny can be quite invisible because we are so used to living in a world of double standards. Hmm. So anyway, Maria comes back and she, again, has decided, I'm not going to let them win. I'm going to do a social media detox. So Gary and Kelly are pleased and they support her. 
but she gets left alone. <laughs> Doesn't even last a scene. She gets left alone in the flat later, and then she hears the messages on her phone. I don't think she understands that if you're on a social media detox, one of the things you've got to do is maybe turn off the notifications on your phone, or at least turn off the sound. I don't remember whether it was her phone or whether she was looking on Gary's phone, because doesn't he go off to get some chips or something like that, and he just leaves her there with a very tempting-looking phone. Going ding, ding, uh, yeah. ding. And, and then they do that. Yeah, she's reading the messages, and they're so powerful and abusive that we start to hear the echoes inside her head. Yeah, like, you're horrible, you ugly... You do one. You should do one. <laughs> yeah. Etc. Etc. So on Friday, um, Gary and Maria are setting up Liam's Star Trek birthday because he's got who into. Knew, who knew that Liam was a massive Trekkie? Apparently, he got into it and he's watched the original series and everything. Yeah, except Maria made a reference to Jean-Luc Picard, so she. I know I was getting a bit confused about. about what original series they were actually talking about. It looked like they were watching, reading. I mean, I, I, I don't, I do not know about Star Trek. They had Trek. bones, but they had Jean-Luc Picard. It's all the same to me. No. I know, I know it's different, but I'm, I'm not a Trekkie. Why didn't they have any tribbles? That's what I want to know. I, I've, I can't remember whether I said this on the podcast before, but I think I probably would really, really get into Star Trek if I got if I, I tried you said to watch this it. To me. Like I, I know that I would be obsessed by it, and and in the last twenty years, there's there's been an awful lot more Star Trek made, hasn't there? How many series of it are there? Now? I don't know. I've lost track of it myself. I do not have the time for Star Trek in my life. Also, I mean, we haven't talked about my friend Trekkie on the podcast for years now, have we? No. But back at school, my friend Trekkie, who's his name was actually James. He was called Trekkie as, as a term of endearment for, from, the other, from the other boys at school. But um, I think I, you I'm just thought, like as that. long as you're not into Star Trek, you're not a nerd. Yeah. But I hate to break it to you. I can like Coronation Street and the Spice Girls and Nintendo games as much as I like. But if I don't like Star Trek, like... I'm okay. I'm pretty cool still. Right. So they are planning the Liam Star Trek birthday party at the bistro and everyone's in costume. They all pose for a selfie and then Maria's like, please don't put that online, Gary, in case it gets us a load of hate. And he's a bit disappointed and they keep going on about this for ages to each other and talking about what a shame it is they can't post this picture. Like they feel the world needs <laughs> a picture of Gary and Maria in Star Trek uniforms. I like and how just it imagine was... somebody like scrolling through Twitter going, oh, everyone, ever the world is just so painful and hateful and everyone's... Star Trek. Look at that lovely family. Oh, I, I found Maria now. was feeling like really self-conscious and everything and didn't want people to notice her but she was the one in the foreground of the picture well, she was wasn't she? She was like, picture. hello, it's me, Maria, my lovely yellow outfit and I suppose there's my family behind oh, us Oh yeah, as well. these lot, these lot of nerds came <laughs> Do you remember well? that time when, um, when Shirley Houston had to wear something that looked a bit like a Star Trek yeah. uniform. And it was like completely unintentional, wasn't it? But she looked like she'd just beamed down off the SS Enterprise. And everyone on Twitter was like, ah, oh, you're in Star Trek. <laughs> oh, that's... oh, and that's when I made my amazing, um, I made a picture that said, make it so, because she was sitting at her sewing machine. Oh, yeah. God, See, that's the days. I think it's quite, this made me laugh because um, there was, uh, this year, the City of Culture there was a um, competition to find the be- the best, well, the city of future city of culture. That's and a thing so- that we do in this country. And Southampton was one of the cities that like threw themselves into the competition. And our um, our phrase, our slogan was "Make it so," because "so" is the code. Yeah, that's our postcode code, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So but we didn't win. We didn't win. Who won? Brad. Brad. No. I don't remember. Not us. So it doesn't matter. They're dead. We don't care. Now. That's it's it. Li- it's Liverpool at the moment. What? Was it Liverpool again? No, no, it's Liverpool. It was currently Liverpool. No, it's not. No, 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 it's Coventry, Liverpool. isn't it? Liverpool was my, ago. my home ground, Coventry, is apparently the city of culture at the moment. But laugh. Uh, the thing is, I think the city is more like which city needs culture 
and help. Oh. And funding. Well, we don't, we're great. No, we don't need it. We're all right. We've got Lord Mayor instead. Yeah. That's it. They're like sad they can't post a picture because they get a load of hate. Yeah. Oh, well. I'm sure There'll the be loads of cope. people going, I can't believe you've mixed up those Star Trek uniforms from the next generation and the original. Oh, I don't know where you got those costumes from, but they don't use glitter on their uniforms. That was, oh. that was totally like out there, those Star Trek references. Like, what, 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 who, who in the writer's room decided, let's make it Star it's Trek? It's somebody and fun. that To somebody who wrote the episode, they are massive Trekkie. They're like, I've well, wanted a, like, any excuse. Um, they, I've been on the phone and we're in trouble because we've done a load of Star Wars pl- product placements by accident because mm. of uh, Norris and Mary, but we haven't done any Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You don't want to rile up the Trekkie fans against the Star Warsers. <laughs> no, yeah, next thing you know, they'll be doing Game of Thrones and then it'll be Lord of the Rings having a go at them. I they have they to s- put Eowyn in it. Yeah, I, I think they should have had a little cameo from um, Sergei the Meerkat going, Demon Space. <laughs> I think they should have had a cameo That's from a uh, the guy who played Jean-Luc Picard. Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart going, it's me, I'm, I'm the fireman who was in one episode. Yes. <laughs> you let my friend, what's his face, he was Gandalf in it. I want to be in it too. <laughs> I loved Kelly's lack of Star Trek knowledge. Did we, talk, we talked about Kelly earlier, Well, didn't she we? could do a Vulcan salute really well and I'm not very good at it. I can do it, they're really easy to do, but I was telling you that when I, I know I've told you this story already. You already I've said it on this podcast. This at the beginning of the podcast. It's like you think that's a fun fact about you, but it just makes you look even weirder. That makes me kooky and cool. I can do Double three. bins, bins out front. I haven't. Sorry, I've not organised. Gemma's still doing her sign here. language. Yeah, Gary's a liability. Do you just... feel sorry for Maria? What? So what are you just bu- bu- reading out bullet points for me? Do you want to talk about this one or not? I, I thought think that we've this spoken story... a lot about different bits. Yeah, I thought that this was a really well done story this week. On the whole, um, I, I have been not feeling that much sympathy for Maria, and to be able to have something. Will come along and make me go okay maybe that has gone a little bit too far then um yeah it's in, it's, they've done a good job i was i was invested in it I'm, I'm not a massive fan of maria or gary but i enjoyed this stuff um i don't know i don't know how it's going to end up um i was i was wondering only because i saw somebody posting about it online like are we are we supposed to will we eventually find out who this this red pillar is or is it just you know anonymous internet do you, dude do you think it is this jimmy no i don't think it i mean it, it could might be. it could be but He's if it the is the only it, new character that's got a name who's appeared if it is jimmy then it's like a, oh so what it's jimmy i don't think it needs to be anyone i saw somebody online suggesting that maybe it was max because they had that scene oh, yeah. early in the episode where she tells him he's a he's a nerd or he's a creep or, yeah he's a creep she said didn't she um, so he might have been riled up enough to have make a, made a deep fake of her. Are they are they hard to do? Would that be know. beyond him? He's only fifteen. I know he's he's excellent in the AV club and stuff. Yeah, but he's in the AV club. But you can just get the apps that kind of do it for you these days, can't you? I don't think. I mean, I think they do a, a fairly ropey job. Um, but yep, I, I don't next. know. Are you are you are we moving on to the next story? Well, I'm just saying, like, anything else to talk about in this? Um, I think it is a real no. shame and I do think that like there's definitely a problem with online hate but I don't think it's ever going to go away like if you're a public figure or you do anything you attract people who feel like they want to tell you their opinion of what you do and belittle you and as though 
they have a right to try to make you feel bad just because they're not interested or don't like what you're trying to say. Mm. And you can see it just in interactions with like celebrities on online. Like somebody will post something and then a load of people will be like, I hate you, your show's rubbish, you're ugly, you're fat, you're this, you're that. Yeah. How do you stop it from happening? Mm. You, can you, you know, is it impossible? And is it is this going to suppress people who could actually do a really good job of... Um, going into doing politics. I don't know. I think it probably does it. She needs to get Tracy Rabin in to, to help her fight her corner, doesn't she, Maria? Get back. How do you get yourself used to just constantly being abused online? There's one thing to sort of accept accountability and criticism, but abuse... Yeah, some people are just very good at being able to say... About being able to switch it off, or at least, you know, giving the impression that it doesn't affect you. And but maybe also, it does, uh... being horrible to somebody shouldn't be a crime. You know, you should be able to say, you should be able to speak your mind. Yeah. It's such a difficult, it's just such an unfortunate um, sort of curse of the internet that we are much more in, able to hear each other's most idle, um, vindictive thoughts about things. Mm. Well, this, um, You know, I was watching, um, you know, you may or may not know, listeners, that I'm a bit of a Nintendo fan, but um, there, was a, there was a little event that they did online this week, and um, the new Monkey Island game, there was a trailer for it, and um, the guy who was behind the Monkey Island like Street, series... Streetwood. Yeah, that's the character name. Well done. Good job, yep. you nerd. Um, the, the, the guy who's <laughs> um, in charge of the series, or who was back in the early days, but then moved away from the series... Oh, yeah, because I sent him a death threat. Games 3 and 4 came out but he's back to for this new game which is the first one in you know 30 years or so that he's been involved in and um the graphic style is a little bit bit weird on this one it's a little bit ugly and people have been responding to his comments online because he's been posting about it on on social media and everything and they've just been saying how awful it is and how rubbish it is and how we should give up and everything and yesterday he posted well i'm not going to do any promotion for the game now you've really spoiled it for me this isn't fun engaging with you guys yeah good so for him I'm, I'm gonna, the game's going to come out later this year but don't expect me to post about it what anymore. a sad thing that's happened yeah, yeah aren't people vicious it is but it does it, it but then i'm thinking I, I didn't post online about how much i don't like the graphics but i, I don't particularly like it but i think some people take it. It, it, it it seems it's such an easy thing to do isn't it to, to post criticism well, or whatever we're criticizing online. you know whenever i think about this stuff i think well we sit here for like three hours a night uh three hours a week <laughs> criticising things and we can be very flippant and dismissive with our comments. We still try not to make it personal though, although we don't make it personal to the actors, but when we say, oh, that wasn't a very good scene or this story's boring, then, you know... Someone's going to take that personally. Yeah, exactly. So there's the storylines or the writers or whatever thing. Oh, I, I really, I really I like really that story. I really tried my hardest with that. Try really hard with try. my Emma exit story. <laughs> <laughs> I do try to, yeah, to sort of think... The thing is, I cripple myself sometimes with trying to not offend anybody and say the right thing all the time, and then I get criticised for that. Mm. I mean, I suppose when we criticise the story, we are not doing it to be personal to someone and saying, this person shouldn't have a, you know, what, what a load of rubbish this person is, they should be fired or anything like that. We don't do it to make somebody feel bad, we just do it because that's what our opinion is. And I think that a lot of these internet commenters who are the ones that are upsetting the most are when they post comments purposefully to to upset and you know but i understand too because i was you know oh, sorry i've been uh alive on this planet what long enough to um get a bit of a thrill sometimes out of being a horrible cow to people who i don't like and on on, on or offline or a bit of both um 
life, yeah. Mm. Sometimes when you really hate somebody, you can feel really pa- like powerful and like, yeah, here you go. Take that, insert person. Everybody also agrees with me that is horrible and deserves to be abused on the internet. Yeah, but and that, some people you feel like, yeah, you kind of do deserve it a little bit. But, but, but what Maria's wrong. done this week, like, she said people, recycle things. People are saying, put, if she's saying, put your glass in a separate bin, that does not <laughs> die, deserve die. the level of hatred that, that this character has got this week. So, in this sense, yes, I, I do feel very, very sorry for her anyway. Let's move on to okay. the next story. Summer's Robot is getting a bit fed up with that. I think Summer's Robot Summer's is Robot a bit of a spider fan. Summer's Robot how it feels to have your feelings hurt. No, Summer's Robot doesn't have any feelings. Oh. Oh, Sorry, my. you don't. <laughs> so, along came a spider. Oh my God. This is this is amazing. Now, how long ago was it? A month and a half, two months ago that it was announced that Martin Hancock would be re- re- um, taking back up his role of spider again? And Because um, recently, the main returns we've had are Spider, Wendy and um, Stephen. And Spider's return was the first one that was announced, wasn't it? And um, it's th- this is the one that I was easily the most excited about seeing it again and um, didn't disappoint. Already it was better than um, Wendy and Stevens and I'm just hoping that unlike those two characters we're going to see an awful lot of him next week because um, Stephen, again I think he was only in Monday's episode this week wasn't he and there's a little bit like how Wendy had a few scenes after her debut one and has disappeared since so I, I just need a lot of spider now I, I i'm looking forward to this but uh anyway he's not there on wednesday what's going on on wednesday is we got toya back she's been a bit of a recluse recently she's been having a bit of a breather but she's telling leanne that she's got a meeting with her solicitor later today um the best thing that she needs to do um she's being told is, and she's kind of decided for herself is that she needs to get on with her life um, and try to put this trial to the back of her mind. And she's going to start by paying Leanne back the money she owes for the solicitor. She needs to stand on her own two feet. Um, and she reminds us all that the last time Leanne and Toya interacted, um, Leanne made it kind of obvious that she's not 100% um, believing Toya's version of events or that she didn't cause a crash on purpose or whatever. And Toya says, well, from now on, you're looking at the only person I can rely on. So I like the. Uh, it kind of makes me laugh a little bit that um, you you kind of do need everybody to doubt to her a little bit to t- push her to the brink and um, make her feel like she's trapped and she doesn't have any options. But it, it is really funny because like it's not like they're like I think you you took the last Twix. It's I think you killed your husband and you're pretending that you didn't. Which is quite a serious thing, but people are being a bit casual about it. Like, the end's like, look, all right, all right, yeah, you didn't do it, I get it, I get it. You know what I mean? I suppose they're just used to it, but they've been desensitised to this kind of thing. What with Tracy just living down the road yeah. as well? Like, oh, you're just another one of the, another Tracy Barlow. So Toya goes I would to love, work. I would love to hear Tracy say to Toya, yeah, yeah, I know you didn't do it, me either. That would be so funny, yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. They could do it in a club. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Toya arrives at work later, doesn't get that much of a warm welcome from Saki Beth. And Toya says, look, I've got the right to earn a living just as much as anyone else. I want to come to work, none of your business. And Beth's trying to like dig for details. Well, she's she trying to get the gossip funny. on this. She's like, oh, go on, just give me a little little snippet of trivia. And not trivia, um, what did she say? A little bit of... 
I can't Goss, remember what she said. A little bit of goss on, on the trial. And Toya says, look, I'm here to work, not to spice up your life with gossip. Thank you, writer, for giving Toya a Spice Girls quote there. I yep. know that was for me on my birthday week. Um, <laughs> in my head, anyway. Yeah. Um, so Sarah comes into work later and she's got Joe Defoe there with her. Joe Defoe. Joe Defoe, sorry. Um, oh, sorry. Joe Defoe and Carla Bala. Yes, and um, she has got... Um, uh, she's she's Joe Lafoe is this um, client, isn't she? She I had to look at her Corypedia page the other day, and she's been on and off in the show since twenty eighteen or something. Yeah, I never recognise her when she walks in. No, I, I, I always go. I know, know that lady. Is? Is I know just her. A client? Are we supposed to know who this is? Well, yeah, probably by this point we are. But anyway, um, Sarah's quite surprised to see Toya there. Like, why don't you tell me or Carla that you're coming into work? And Toya says, like, I didn't realise I needed permission to come into work. She's also very snappy with someone on the phone. She's, I can't remember. She's talking to someone or other about a deal, and she's like, no, that's not good enough. And slams the phone down. And um, so Sarah Lou takes Joe back out of the office again, and Joe's like. Not really a good look for you to have someone who's been accused of murder working for Underworld, just saying. And Sarah's like, don't worry, Joe, I've got this situation in hand because I'm, I'm, I'm an excellent I'm a boss, woman. you know, yeah. So um, she goes in to, to see Toya back in her office later and she's calmed down a little bit. Um, she's apologetic, Toya, this is. And Sarah says, well, it's all very well, Toya, but the thing is, can't afford for my workers to be upsetting clients right now. And Toya kind of gradually dawns on her that she's being fired. So she leaves and uh, <laughs> not before saying, tell me when you find it, Sarah. Your backbone, that is. <laughs> Go, Toya. Burn. <laughs> what a sick burn from Toya there. <laughs> I can't believe that on Coronation Street, being a, um, a potential murderer is not a protected characteristic. Yeah, yeah, I know, totally. I think we should all we should all be forgiven for doing it, having at least one yeah, yeah, yes, murder accusation. One yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so that uh, so we 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 have uh, going back to her flat. She bumps into Abby and Alfie on the street. Oh. Nice to get a little bit of a um, a little bit of appearance from Abby this week. And um, because you know we've hardly seen any Abby on Coronation Street this year. I'm starting to wonder if she's doing even it. In it. Yeah, Abby, talk about not recognising Joe Lafoe. See, yeah, uh, Sally Carmen. Now what's she doing? And she's a shameless, isn't she? Um, Abby says, "Look, do you wanna, do you wanna see Alfie?" And Emma, um, Toya says, "Oh no, I can't. I've got to go." So she does a sad face and then kind of walks I back into her flat. I thought that was awful. Pourquoi? Poor Toya. Well, she just knows it's like, well, it's I don't. I can't. It's going to break my heart too much. That's yeah. That's it, isn't it? I think if she 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 realizes that she just can't get attached anymore. She's she's just trying to she's wean herself go, off yeah. this she's this like, kid that she thought it. was going to be hers forever, and it's just going to stir up those old feelings again. Stir up these old ovaries. Yes, but don't worry, Toya, because along comes somebody on Friday to take you on right off all of that. Um, Start stirring up the ovaries again. Exactly. Um, so Friday, Toya is in the cafe. As, as you do. And she overhears Maria telling Gary that the council is planning to incinerate all this extra recycling that's being built up. But I thought that the... Okay. What? I think that that was right. Save it save it for winter when we need the heat. <laughs> Toya overhears this and is absolutely disgusted by that. And she's like, what? I burning burning recycling? I used to be an activist, don't you know? How about we have a protest here? And she calls up a mate from her activist days and, um, and starts organising this. And I think this is a lovely throwback. I, I just thought it was... I think there probably was... A fair few list, uh, so viewers that might have been watching it today and going, "What? Toya was an activist. 
she used to do protests because they've not mentioned it in a very long time, have they? Um, I think when she came back, you know, five years or so ago, she went off for a few with Nina, was it? No, actually, that kind of been five years ago. It was Nina. I can't remember. She she's had a few in the last few years, but I, I it felt like these these feelings of of um, passionate um, upsurgence were came out of came out of nowhere. Maybe I don't know. Well, you're Not for me. About. I'm just saying that some people did, might have might forgotten have been, that she was a protester. She seems like such a buttoned-up missus. Yeah, exactly. But actually, she used to be a hippie. Yeah, exactly. Well, Tamari Mayor. Yeah, exactly. See, Summer's robot didn't know, but yeah, that's right. She used to be a protester. But you have to be a bit Mardi to be a protester. Yeah, exactly. You we need to... people to protest. We need people to. Who never heard of a peaceful us? protest? Honestly. Yeah. So anyway, um, Maria goes to the bistro later. This is when she's organising Leo's not Leo's, Liam's Star Trek thing. And um, Maria says, look, Leanne, just to let you know, Toya's planning to do a protest. And uh, she's also, she, I'm a bit worried about her. I think Maria's also worried that um, the press are going to get hold of the fact that a potential murderer is is um, rallying her they cause. Will. And um, she, she says, Gary, like, I don't actually, she says to Gary, like, I don't even think that Toya's really into this protest. She just wants something to take her mind off what's going on with, with the crash and the trial and everything. Oh, excuse me, so, Maria. Only one person on the street's allowed to care about the environment. Is Toya that, goes, is that the case? Yeah, it is, totally. Toya goes um, looking for supporters for this. She enlists Mary, who in turn tries to get Alia to join in. And Alia has absolutely no intention whatsoever of helping Toya because, remember, she's 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 still, she's still a little bit mad at her for, killing for, for being responsible for Imran's death. Well, yeah. yeah, she is even and more of a Mardi Mayor. You're right, Summer's robot. She also... Um, she, she also is disgusted that Toya's apparently, um, in quotes, moving on so quickly from the death of Imran, mm. which is hilarious because remember when Luke died, Arlie wouldn't shut up about it for months and months and months. They'd have been dating for like a week or something. Oh, no, no. So she's probably like, I don't understand, Toya. You don't seem to care because you haven't built a shrine or anything. <laughs> um, so Leanne finds Toya in Victoria Gardens later is trying to chivvy her up over the whole Arlie thing because it's, it's kind of a... Put, put Toya off kilter a little bit. Toya's not quite ready to, to forgive her, though. Um, to, to forgive Leanne, that is. And she calls her a hypocrite and says, look, I just can't be around people who don't trust me at the moment. You think I murdered Imran. Alia thinks I murdered Isran. You can do one, Isran. sister. Imran. He's been gone so long you don't remember what his I'm name is. his name, even. She says, <laughs> she tells... She kind of gets really upset again and says, look, Leanne, I was getting this close to losing it. And if I want to help out... Um, with, it, uh, with Maria then I will and, and tell you what you can come along as well you come to my protest Leanne and show <laughs> me that you really do support me and Leanne kind of agrees to be there standing shoulder to shoulder with her at the protest Leanne's like I could never tell anybody what to do or where to go yeah I know <laughs> it's like, she's like I'm, I'm, no, I'm very retiring well, I don't want we to saw, be confrontational a, there were a couple of scenes of uh, Leanne at the protest didn't she and she was given such a half hearted job she's like I'm not even she I'm just needed cool to this. kind of, you know, I, dig deep for the feelings of when she's been mad at literally everybody indignant. else on the street. Like, 
Um, Leanne, your motivation is they want to take your kid off life support. Go! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on, Leanne, you could have done better than that. Leanne's like, who, who are we protesting again? What are we protesting? Pigeons? Yeah. Um, nice to see Nina was getting involved with this um, because uh, being an ex-protesting buddy of Toya's and she's there on the phone trying to ring around get another support coming up. Um, protesters are out in the street later down Victoria Street and a bin lorry comes up and they're, they're there with their placards and everything. Who else was there? Brian, I think. I can't remember who else. Um, For once they managed to build a respectable crowd. It wasn't bad, was it? Um, it was the biggest protest they've had in Weatherfield for two years now. Was it bigger than the uh, the uh, brewery protest for the 60th anniversary? I would say of, of similar size for that one. Um, so the stop protest is there, stopping a bin lorry. Toya has it out with the driver. He's like saying, you've you got to go away, I need to get, get to work. And Toya's like, no, you need to tell your, phone up your boss and tell him. Or her. Then we're not back into Anna over there. I loved that it. <laughs> oh, she, That's the sort of thing uh, that Sally would say. Uh, I'm surprised. Yes, no. Sally would have gone, call your boss and tell him or her. But I'm surprised that Toya didn't go, tell your, call him and tell her or him or them. <laughs> um, so she, we also see her ignoring a phone call from Shuttleworths. So it looks like mm, that she is kind of... Got to come and pick up the body. The body is in in ash at the moment. Do you, has he had? Has he? What yeah, do you he's... think? Is he was he cremated? Oh yeah, he was cremated. Oh, she's gonna recycle him. <laughs> she put Maybe. her money where her mouth is, then, yeah, didn't exactly. she? Turn him into a nice sparkly diamond ring. Tell you what, it'd be the best space. looking diamond ring on any woman's what, Bobby finger Dazzler? on that street. He would be a total Bobby Dazzler. <laughs> what did the Shuttleworths want? Yeah, exactly. I think they. I think they. Is there a mystery going on? There? No, I. I think she's just not picked up the ashes. I think she's in denial. Oh yeah, I guess it must be that, wasn't it? Um, okay, so. Um, um, she she ends up climbing into the cab of the bin lorry and uh, to the cheers of the protesters and is like Toya Toya Toya. I love this. I was like, oh, is yeah. Toya gonna drive this truck oven down the road? <laughs> See, have they got insurance? We need to set these protesters against all the the Twitter anti Toya brigade, don't we? Um, I don't think that you would be able to run them all down at once. There are quite a few, it's yeah. true. So Leanne and Kelly are trying to persuade Toya to come out of the uh, the bin lorry, but <laughs> she's, she's like, like no. nope. And um, good job she stayed in there because she got to have a lovely little scene with a, an old friend who shows up. Who? It's Spider. We, uh, I quite liked how they did it. They had a few like shots of him from behind, didn't they? Obviously, as I mean, we knew that he was coming back. Um, just like with, with Wendy Crozier a few weeks ago I'd love to be a fly in the wall of somebody who's a massive Spider fan that didn't know he was returning because we've been talking for years about Spider coming back and this is turning out to be not too dissimilar from some of my predictions in the uh, in the New Year's podcast is it? Because I did say that there'd be some kind of protest related to Maria's counselling and you? Spider would come back for that. Yep, this was wow. part of the protest this is like one of the closest I've ever been <laughs> I did not know that Martin Hancock was coming back back then. But no. yeah, I if if I I mean if, if I hadn't known about Wendy Crozier coming back, I'd have been like, wow, it's Wendy Crozier, that's quite cool. Um but if I hadn't known about Spider, I think I would have lost it with with um exuberance and, and jubilation because I really, really love Spider and it was so so lovely to see him climbing back into the cab. Well before that he was he we get to see a shot of him skulking around behind the back of yeah, the van and then Toya starts the engine and I was like She's going to go for the second victim. <laughs> Another vehicular manslaughter charge. Yeah. 
So just remind us quickly, give us a potted history of Spider. Um, okay, so Spider is the nephew of Emily. I think he's... Emily Bishop. Emily Bishop. I can't remember whether she's uh, uh, Ernest... Um, He's Ernest's relative, relative of hers. Yeah, but right. I, I think but. I think she's I think she's one of the one of the Nugents. Irrelevant. Oh no, of course, obviously it must be Emily's, mustn't yeah, it? Because Emily's he's Nugent. Sisters, Stupid, son or yeah. brother's son. Well, Emily's got many sisters and brothers, I think. So he is. Uh, he's I don't care and exactly how you wanted a potted history. I'm yeah, but I didn't need a, the family tree. Speaking of pot, he is a bit of a druggie and a protester, but in a fun way. He came onto the street in 1997, um, about six months after the Battersby's. And um, Toya immediately gets very smitten with him, doesn't she? She was a young t- teenage, very impressionable, impressionable young girl. young lady. And he was a bit older, a bit cool. Uh, tr- he'd been around the world. He yeah. was a, a stinky hippie. Yeah, and um, and he's based on uh, Swampy, who was a protester who was in the news a lot very in the famous. UK at the time. And um, chain themselves to trees. So she she gets totally smitten with him, but he doesn't really see it for a, a for a few years at least, does well, he? Or he's he... A, she's younger. Yeah, he, he kind yeah, of sees her as about, a little about, sister, sort of five to ten years younger. I can't remember. Yeah, exactly. He he sees her as a as an ally in his cause for fighting for the planet, but not romantically linked. Um, and she and she um, they're, they're just follows him around like a puppy dog. Yeah, and and joining in his protest and pouring antifreeze on the Norwegian prawns at Furman's freezers. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and and all sort of fun stuff. But eventually, um, he kind of grows to see her as a woman. And um, in the nineteen ninety nine summer eclipse, they're there are camping out on the red <laughs> wreck. And um, they miss the eclipse because they're getting up to to hanky panky. In the uh, in the tent, aren't they? And exactly <laughs> right, Summer's robot, and uh, they and they were definitely herbal fags as well. Um, so I, that, that's kind of it. He he ends up. There's a story where he starts working for the man, doesn't he? He works at the benefits office. He um, works for the council too. Yeah. Yeah. Then he grows he to hate goes himself. Going against all his principles, exactly. He grows to hate himself because of all the people who he believes should be getting benefits, but he's having to tell them, "No, sorry, you don't qualify for the." Um, and he eventually kind of jumps on the tables and, and goes, oh, I don't believe in any of this, I quit. Um, and then he, he disappears off and then he comes back again a few years later um, and, and, and whisks Toya away to London where they run a juice bar together, juice I bar. think. And um, that was the last that we heard of Spider. I think he might have got a couple of shout outs um, in the intervening years, but that's pretty much it. So this, as as they mentioned on today's episode, was the first time that these two characters had seen each other for 17 years. And just, I can't, when, when, when he said it, I was like, has it be, really been that long? That's, that's a long time to be away from the show, isn't it? Yeah. I, mean, I can't remember how long Jenny Bradley had been away before she came back, but it's got to be fairly comparable. Maybe it was, a, maybe that's a bit less than Jenny was, but... Not as long as Jed Stone. See, to me, Spider is firmly in the modern Corrie camp. Because he came in, you know, 1997, which was the the turning point for Coronation Street with Brian Parker's producer. And I kind of think anybody who's been in the, you know, air quotes, modern Corrie, even if they come back, they've not really been away that long. But yeah, 17 years, it's a really long time. But he 
to me, was exactly the same as he was back then. Did you, did you get that? Did you, he did didn't you get seem to have changed for the at all. Spider? And that was one concern that I had when it was announced that he was coming back. I thought, oh, what if he's different? This is this is where my prediction for the beginning of the year was different, because I imagined that he was going to come back and he would have, um, you know, changed and then... Sold get, out. Yeah, sold out, exactly. But then getting involved in Maria's campaign would help him see the error of his ways and he'd be back to old Spider by the end of the storyline. But no, he was just the same as he used to be. He's a little bit dopey, isn't he? He is a bit, yeah. Um, and he's got, he's got his scraggy jumper on and his silly rainbow hat and everything. And I absolutely... Fashion. Fashion. Exactly. Um, like what you're wearing. Thank you. Um, yeah, I was really, really, really happy to see him. Um, it made my evening having Spider back. Again, on my birthday week as well. I'm... I'm Loving anyway. It, loving it. Anyway, that's who Spider is for anybody that's not sure. I have um, recently retweeted our character profile on Spider, which you can see or listen to on our YouTube channel. So if you want to know more, go and listen to that. So Spider jumps into the cab. Yeah, and he's just basically saying, well, you put out the call for uh, for your old protester mates and here I am. Gondor heeds your call. I don't think that Toya actually contacted Spider, did they? No, no. But he, um, he, he, he found out about it. You know where Spider found out about it? On the web. <laughs> That's a genuine laugh, everybody. Um, and uh, so he, she says, um, he, he's all for kind of stirring things up even more. But Toya's kind of realised <laughs> by this point that probably somebody who's on bail for murder should be keeping their nose clean. And uh, she has to de-escalate it a little bit. And, and she, she tells the spider, oh yeah, I'm, all, I'm on bail for murder at the moment. And he's like, oh, okay then. <laughs> but what we're going to do is uh, get out. We're going to butter up the, 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 the van driver, the, the lorry driver, and, uh, and make it clear to the council that if they don't meet our demands, then it's going to lead to further action. You can tell he's, he's got this off path, hasn't before. he? Done it Seen there, been there, done that. So um, they go and sit in the gardens later and having the two of them sitting there next to each other on the bench, it just it was just like old times, having Georgia Taylor and Martin Hancock having these conversations. It was so, so lovely. Um, sorry, Imran. <laughs> I, yeah, Toya, Toya might not have got over him, but no. I have it. I, I sorely, dearly, dearly, dearly miss Imran and I wish that we weren't in this situation. But if they're going to get rid of one of my favourite characters... They've got to give you something They've got return. to give me something in return. And th- this was a, a pretty decent bargain, Coronation Street. I can't but believe he's dead. I would I would have Imran over Spider, but... Well, know, we didn't get the choice, did we? Nobody didn't get asked the choice, our opinion. But I'm very happy, very, very happy to have Spider. Um, and, uh, yeah, so they go to Victoria Gardens later. Um... And I'm lost where we are completely in our notes. And she and and Leanne's oh yeah, Leanne's there as well and says, Look, you can't save the planet if you're banged up in jail and she's and she clops off. Spider says, Yes, I agree. Spider says Well she what have you been up to? Oh yeah, yeah, that's And she right. tells him. Yeah, she 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 gives him a little a little history of what she's been up to since she's been um saw, saw each other last. It's and like, says, well, oh, I was in casualty was, for a bit. And then, <laughs> yeah, I did a few um, short my films. I went a bit mad in that. Yeah. yeah I was in a yeah. film about domestic abuse. I was the abuser. A oh, spoiler. Because Women can, women do, it can too. do it too. Yeah. I believe a woman can do anything she wants. <laughs> um so Woman's turn. Woman. Exactly. So, oh, she's our trainer's a counsellor, got married, we had a baby. Yeah, that was quite important. Really wanted really, a baby. Really, really wanted a baby. Someone might baby. say that the reason I'm... Get in my belly. ...trouble for murder is because I really, really wanted a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in the cafe um, later, Kelly is filling Asher in a little bit about what she knows about Spider because Kelly... 
Well, Kelly doesn't really know, does she? Well, she just t- was told by Leanne yeah. that it's Toya's ex. Yeah. And then Roy butts in. Yeah, Roy, Roy kind of, his ears prick up a little bit when the name Spider um, comes up in conversation. But I still think that his reaction to hearing that Spider's back was a little bit muted. Why? Well, he, you'd have thought he'd have been like, oh, is Spider How back much? or anything? He just said, oh, yes, he is a, he's, a, he's a very decent chap. He's a very principled young man. Yeah. I, I, I mean, he was so many years ago. They, they were both very principled together back in the day. So I would have thought that Roy might have wanted to go and say hello to him or something. He's like, he'll be here. Everyone comes to the cafe eventually. Yeah, they, they come to me. Yep. Um, so uh, anyway. He's like that's... a merchant in a, in a game. You've got to stock up. <laughs> um, so um, anyway, it sounds like Spider has been up to exactly the same stuff as before. He's been, he's talked about his protests and everything that he's been doing. What has, and... he, what has he achieved? That's what I want to know. Is he saved a newt or how many planets have habitate? you saved? Yeah, at the moment? Mm-hmm. this planet is still in peril. So think, one might say that things have got worse since you were you were in the program last time. I You've think slacking off a little bit. The main common denominator here is you. Maybe mm. you should give up protesting mm. and see what happens then. Well, Martin Hancock was on this morning. Um, the TV show yes Um, and he said that it was really interesting bringing Spider back at this time because everything that he was talking about 25 years ago is still very relevant if not more so now Uh, you know it's uh, the the global warming uh, climate change has got worse it's more of a hot topic and it's almost a little bit like Spider coming back now is saying yeah I I warned you about this look at the situation that we're in now so yeah this that reminds me because I was listening to a podcast today about Ted Kaczynski who was the Unibomber who um if you didn't know he was uh, a uh, a sort of serial killer kind of well he was a serial killer in America (laughs) kind of a serial killer well no because he didn't go and stab somebody in the face he blew people up he sent bombs to places right so it was a bit hands off (laughs) Um, but he hands off serial killer he did a big manifesto about technology and how we're killing the planet and uh, we uh, we need to stop doing it and I was like and this was this was about the same kind of era um, and I was like, he was right. We are killing the planet and we are getting, technology is taking over. Ted Kaczynski was right. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen now? What does that mean for the world? We need to set him free and he can become the president. Yeah. That's just my suggestion. He's killed a lot, he's killed a lot less people than some others that are in office. Mm-hmm. So, Ms. what do you think about uh, technology taking over? Mad for it. No, you would say that, wouldn't you? going to be the matrix I tell you so anyway Toya is speaking to um to Spider and she's saying look I've got a lot of demons in my head at the moment um I'd committed myself to a future with Imran and Alfie it was all torn away from me um and then she starts crying and even yeah. Spider's welling up as well it was very very sweet um and so Toya says look what, 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 what I can't remember she says where are you living at the moment and he still says London but he's come up here to see some people I can't, I can't remember exactly how it happens but she says or oh, come and stay with me anyway you'd actually be doing me a bit of a favour because I'm so lonely at the moment and he says okay but I'll move out if things get a bit weird um so we we cut to them in the Which flat it later it doesn't yeah yeah no yeah no pussy footing around it gets weird pretty quick so uh, they're up in the flat later it's Toya, uh, Spider is having a shower and um, complimenting Toya on her incredible shower head. Um, so I don't know what he's used to. Well, she said that was Imran's doing. Oh, yeah. Imran likes a good shower. And I'll tell you what else Imran's, was Imran's doing. What? Vegetarian lasagna. 
not vegan lasagna. Oh, yeah. He must yeah. have put his foot down about the cheese. He's like, I'm not having vegan cheese. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, they were there and he's, he's coming out. He's wearing he's wearing his dressing gown. Is he wearing him Rand's dressing gown, possibly? Um, and they, they, they just have a friendly hug and there is literally no... Um, no spark of romance at all yet. there. Yet, exactly. But they have a absolutely platonic hug. Who should happen to walk in at the time? What a handy yes, exactly. But Kelly, she's walking in. The door is probably even left open, I don't know, which isn't a very sensible thing to do once you've had a shower. But she takes one look at it and goes, Oh, I see. You got over and ran pretty quickly, haven't you? I thought I trusted you, Toya. Off she goes um, before Toya can explain what's going on. Um, but um, the, the, the episode ends quite nicely where things are just kind of nice and cosy in the flat, really, between them. Spider's telling Toya that she's a good person, things will get better for her. Then she goes off to prepare a vegan lasagna for him, like you said. But... And then this is the, this is the last bit at the end oh, of the episode. Was... The end of week mystery. And he gets out his phone. <gasps> then what Well... What we thought, because you'd made a prediction before, hadn't you? Do you want to remind well, us about... What was it? You said that, he, that Elsie was going to be his oh, daughter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was thinking, oh, if they end the week with him picking up his phone and, like, the, the wallpaper there, the lock screen, is a picture of Elsie, then it would be just, like, amazing, absolutely amazing. But it's not... It's still, you know, it's still possible that Elsie's um, his daughter, but that, um, that would be for the weird moment, and make him into a deadbeat dad. It, that, that would be a massive soap coincidence. But um, no, what he's got is um, the person that he was coming to see, he phones him up and says, look, I've been waylaid a little bit, but um, this thing that we're organising, yeah, it's still on. I'll talk to you on Monday about it. So um, Well, I'll be there to listen in, Spider. What, what What's he up to, Gemma? What's the plan? Who does he know? What's he... What's it? Is it nefarious? Is it good? Is it bad? Is I mean, is one this... might say that if he's a filthy protester, then it probably is going to be something nefarious. Boring. But he doesn't care about being nefarious if he no, thinks that what he's doing boring, is right. Like, oh yeah, it's a bat protest. I mean, or is it going to be something juicy? Like, oh, I'm meeting up with my lover. I think it's just going to be something fun. Who's I, I Nikki? Don't, I don't think it's going to be anything. It can't be anything that, as viewers, we're going to watch and go, oh, he's he's a he's a baddie now. If is... they've if they've turned Spider into a baddie, I'll be massively disappointed. But from what we've seen from him today, he is just as as good as he ever was. Is he up to something with with a character that we know already? Is he here for another reason? Is it? Is it as much of a coincidence as it seems? I mean, I, it, I don't think it's anything to do with anything that we know about already. I mean, it could be related to Maria, although I, I say keep Maria out of this story. I know it's fairly difficult to keep Maria, the environmental counsellor, out of a story with Spider, but it doesn't need her. Um, I kind of almost would like Spider to have a go at Toya, um, at Maria for all, all of the stuff that she does that's quite hypocritical and say, you know, you're just a bandwagoner. He, he totally would as well, wouldn't he? Because he does seem like a bit of a no-compromise sort of guy. Mm. And I would imagine that there's pretty much nobody around who's probably listening to this podcast who he would not find fault with some element of the way that you, you live your life. Like, mm. you, you don't do this or you don't do that or you eat meat or you don't turn your lights off when you leave the room or you have a light bulb instead of a candle. Because <laughs> like, he was saying like he lives in a flat share and stuff. So he's obviously not... He obviously is... Um, to me, that feels very much for the age of the person that he is. 
makes me feel like his focus is not on material goods or you know acquiring property or money or anything he and he spends all of his time sort of doing the bare minimum to scrape by so that he can put all of his focus into his activism yeah i kind of imagine too um that he's got like a massive instagram following or something where he like talks about the planet and uh, he has all these groupies and stuff. It'd be really funny. Can you imagine? Yeah, if... I don't think. I don't think Spider don't is think... on, on. No, Instagram. I don't think. But that would have been a really interesting angle for them to have taken. Like, imagine if instead of Kelly being there and seeing him when they came up with the with the bin lorry. Imagine if the first time those teen girls had seen him was like in the street and they're like, "Oh my god, it's cyber." Cyber spider. Cyber spider. He's like the, the the he like shows you how to recycle things, and he like he taught me how to make glitter out of carrots <laughs> for my makeup. He's like the most amazing, coolest um, ecological warrior ever. He was gluing himself to the floor. He no, told a spider pre- would hate that. He told Pretty Patel that humble. she was had a big environmental footprint, <laughs> and so on. I maybe it is gonna pro- like if if we. I want to see whatever it is that he's up to because I don't want it to be one of these things that we just hear him plotting and then come back from it later. And there's only so many places that he can go. Like, maybe, is he going to do something outside the police station or outside of Chariot Square? Not that we've got an outside of Chariot Square set. Is he going to go and protest the... Are they still doing this bypass? Are they still building these houses that Sally wanted to live in? Gosh, I don't know, actually. I can't remember where we got to with that. Because I'm... I'll tell you what they need I to thought do. That they, I they thought that... out the bloody ring road. I think that they might have had something that stopped that, but I can't remember for the life of me what it is. But you might be right. He, he could be the one that puts an end to that. Um, if he goes to the uh, the um, the hotel, maybe he protests her oysters, which we know that they do well there. Maybe there she are living, Norwegian breathing, oysters. thinking beings and you just eat them alive. It's rude. Yeah, yeah. Um, very humiliating for Toya to be sacked by Sarah, who is the world's worst. Oh, we finished talking about Spider now. Go on, what else you What do say? you think? You, I, I've been gushing about Spider. Do you like Spider as much as I do? Are I think he's great. I think him? he's fun. I like he, these unique characters. There's Take, nobody like him. It was super refreshing to have a character appear on the show and it's like, oh, he's going to cause a stir on the street. He's a ladies' man, but he's oh, got a gosh, heart of yeah, gold. Yeah. All the women are going to go crazy and he's going to cause a few ructions in people's relationships. But deep down inside, he just wants to find Mrs. Wright. Who's it going to be? Let's find out on Coronation Street. You're right, it was. You, you, all you need is spiders back. And that, yeah. that immediately, for people of a certain age, brings <laughs> back so many nostalgic memories and like I said when I think I don't know if I said this when we were predicting him coming back or if I said it when we were talking about his return but it really does feel like a very timely point in in history for Spider to be back on the street because just as eco eco warriors were in the forefront of sort of popular culture and people's minds back when Spider originally was a sort of conceived as a character it's even more now but I would say people are a lot less tolerant of the, of um, these kind of protests and the way they do it because they're a lot more disruptive now than they used to be. Used to be, well, like, like we were saying, Spider, one of his stories was he went to the Red Rack and chained himself off a tree. Mm. And that's all funny and quaint because you don't interact with a tree. Like, you don't care if somebody's locked themselves to a tree. In fact, a lot of people supported that because they didn't want the tree to get knocked down. But these days, you've got people throwing red paint onto onto government buildings and gluing themselves to 
to roads and sitting in the middle of motorways to try to stop people mm. and it's very very much more disruptive and people are very angry at a lot of these protesters um for inconveniencing them which is funny because that's the point that's the whole point like no one's going to pay attention to you if you if you chain yourself to a tree these days, but they will pay attention to you if you sit in front of their car when you're trying to get to the hospital mm. or take your kids to school or go to work. Yeah. I'd like to see some of the younger characters like your, your Ashes and, and your Ninas and everyone carry on being on his side because I think younger people have really been inspired by the likes of Greta Thunberg yeah. to to make a difference. And by gum, we need people like that to help planet, save the planet. Isn't it really actually interesting that none of the younger characters have had a peep into this story yet? You've got Maria, Toya, and now Spider. Well, the, the Asher and that were at the protest, weren't they? Because one of yeah, the things that happened is they, kind of, they Yeah, they joined they in and join they, they kicked his phone away. Yeah, I know, but... Man. All right, Michael, my point is, I think younger people are a lot more worried and a lot more motivated and a lot angrier about the environment Mm. than um, a lot of older people. I think someone needs to get involved with this, take her mind off... um... All our problems at the yeah, moment. Yeah, exactly. I think she, she's like got her head think screwed on. think it's bad you're not going to going Oxford, the planet's going to blow up. Yeah, exactly. Won't be in Oxford. <laughs> I, 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 try, I, was making, I was thinking earlier, like, are there any other characters that I'd like to see him connect with quickly as well? Like, I'd, I'd quite like to see him and Ken have a story together because I, I think they must have had scenes t- together back then. And, and that would also get the discussion with Emily, I'm sorry, about Emily coming up. I'd like to, I'd like to think that at some point in the next week we'll get some kind of update on how Emily's doing. Um, who else is that? I'd, um, I can't think who's who's around now. I mean, I suppose Maria was was herself was around at the same time as Spider before. Tyrone, Kevin, there's still quite a few. It was only twenty years ago. We still got a lot. decent number of people here. Not a lot. Of, he didn't come. Back, he didn't come back for them. No, he no, he Toya. doesn't. He's back for Toy. Do you, Do you think there is going to be any romance? Because they've obviously yes. had the misunderstanding. Do you reckon? Are we going to yes. get a, a bit of a snog here? I don't know, but um, I, I, I kind of do, and I kind of don't because I have not at all got over Imran's death yet, and I think if Toya moved on that quickly to <laughs> to Spider, I would be a little bit disappointed <laughs> with her. But the other half of me like is Kate. going, yes, please get back together again. She's alone. She's moved on. Imran's dead. There's no bringing him back. I love Toya and Spider as a couple. They were really, really... Just with... And it's it's a bit like the Nick and Leanne thing, isn't it? They also got together Feel a bit in, like in 97, 98 time. Lovers. Yeah, like they've, they've been apart for a little bit. Yeah. And I suppose you could say the same with Tracy and Steve as well. Although yeah, they were never... Always meant it, to be. it was more Tracy was um, obsessed with Steve a little bit for a tiny bit in the mid-90s. But yeah, having having that long-term character development and romantic development and everything. And I don't know how long Spider's going to be in the show. But, I mean, I tell you what, if if they do put Toya and Spider together, he's got an awful lot of support and fans and there's thinking. a lot of positivity behind him at the moment. And Toya needs someone like that. Everyone's they so can't just pair her up with Leanne and hope that everyone's going to start loving her because I don't think Leanne's one of the most popular characters on the internet at the moment either. But it could really work. Although, I mean, she, she, she was also with Imran, wasn't she? And that didn't necessarily do a whole lot for her popularity, whereas everybody loved Imran. I, I really, really hope that something happens that makes everybody love Toya. Because I thought that she was great this week. I thought that when she was having 
giving it some to that person on the phone on Wednesday. I was like, going, yeah, you tell him. And when Sarah, when she tells Sarah to find her backbone, I was like, yeah, you tell her, Toya. And when she gets up into the cab with the bin man and uh, the bin lorry and everyone was cheering, I was going, yes, th this is brilliant. I can see how to some people she might come across as just a little bit mardy and stuff, but I didn't care. I, I thought that she was, uh, I thought she was great this week. Um, but yeah, I, I think a romance would be, it seems kind of too obvious almost. I, I love it as them being friends and having those scenes at the end of the episode today where they're just chilling out in the flat was absolutely lovely with, with not a spark of romance between them. But oh, yeah, maybe it's a missed opportunity if they don't put them together or maybe it's too obvious. I don't know. I don't know. But you re you're saying it is going to happen. You reckon? Yep. You reckon? Will it take long? Yep. Will it be a case of she'll go for a kiss and then she'll realise that she is... Um, betraying the memory of Imran and then pushes him away or could this be like a long-term new couple we're looking at here? I don't think it's a long-term... In my mind, he comes back and he's like, oh, Toya, he's my kid. Um, Emily... It's Elsie. Auntie Emily died and she left me this baby in her will. What? <laughs> and I don't want it because I'm going to Peru. So do you want this baby? Because if not, I'll just throw it. Oh, I mean, I won't throw it away. I'll recycle it, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you mentioned earlier about Sarah sacking Toya. And um, yeah, what what a humiliation that must be. It's like, Sarah, shut up, Sarah. You don't even know what you're you doing. You don't even, you don't even know. <sighs> I just don't think, if I was Toya, I could not take Sarah Lou seriously as my boss. No, I know. Like, she was a little girl when I first moved to the street. She clearly doesn't know what she's doing. Carla is by far the trouser wearer in that factory. <laughs> and to have her not even involved in my dismissal would just be so utterly humiliating. So you can't fire me because I quit. Yeah. Oh, the other thing that I really liked Toya doing this week was uh, was not taking any of Beth's bait as well when she was trying to dig for gossip on the trial. Beth wasn't too obnoxious. On, no, but on she was treating it like episode, it was but... like we would do. It, you know, Ooh, like, oh, tell me the gossip. What's going on? Oh, it's so exciting. I'm so excited for this storyline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, I, I, I thought that would, uh, this was just lovely, lovely, lovely this week. But um, I think we better move on. Gemma, on to another story mm. that we're actually quite enjoying. Is it still looking going well? Game of Thorns, More protesting. over to you. On Monday, Peter says, Thorns hearing tomorrow is coming up. And, what? Well, <laughs> Let's just make it sound like he's getting his cochlear implant tomorrow. It's all going to be fine. And he's got this evidence from the nurse and Thorn keeps texting him trying to get trying to bribe him and um he doesn't want to and Carla's like, I don't maybe you should. I mean a hundred thousand pounds is a lot of money. Think how many shoes that I could buy. She was wearing some horrible shoes <laughs> recently. Carla's shoes, she's like these she's like, she's like these giant black platform. Black, yeah, they look like they look like Spice Girls boots. Yeah. They were bad. Maybe there must be like super expensive designer ones. Mm. Like, did you see those Crocs that I was showing everybody? No. Valencia Crocs. They're basically a Croc, but with a tiny little stick on the bottom, on the back of it, to make it into a pair of high heels. <laughs> and they're £450. You're not interested in getting any, I hope. They were horrible. They're the most <laughs> ugly things I've ever seen. <laughs> um, so, uh, Simon tells Peter later that he should just take the money and it could change their lives. And Peter's like, oh, maybe. Then he... It's like saying out of a game show, isn't it? Are you going to gamble? Are you going to take the money? What do you think, audience? Take the money. Take the cash. Take the cash. <laughs> uh, Peter, yeah, Peter drives off. He goes past Victoria Court and Thorne is there lurking around. 
and it turns out that Peter's having a secret meeting with Ag- Ali's uh, Aggie's colleague. Oh yes, this was the, it was it was supposed to be around the back of the hospital, wasn't it? But it was really clearly, obviously, the set that's round the side of Underworld. It wasn't supposed to be at Underworld. He he drove off. He's having and, and the fact that the nurse was there. But it, it was it was the steps at the side of Underworld. Bad. That was terrible. Coronation Street. I hope I haven't upset any set people when I'm saying this, but don't use sets to make something else. Back to you. Peter says, I might just give up actually about this um, Thorn thing because I'm fed up. And the nurse is like, what? I've gone through all this stuff so you can give up. I don't think so. You've been bribed. And she gets in a huff with him and clops away. And um, Thorn is still doing a stakeout and Simon walks past. So he follows Simon into the cafe and pretends he's looking for Peter. And um, he wants to uh, finish off a deal with him. And and he told me to meet him here, but he hasn't shown up. Um, Simon, can you call Peter and tell him the deal's off? Because I'm, I'm fed up with him. And so Simon says, oh, oh, wait a minute. And he tries to get in touch with Peter, but he can't. Never mind, says Thorn. Um, why don't... You've missed out a load of stuff here. He tricks Simon into telling it, into thinking that Peter had agreed to do the deal mm. with him to take the money and give him the dictaphone. So he says, look, Simon, I've transferred the £100,000 into your dad's account, so give me the dictaphone. And, and Simon goes, okay, here you go. So Simon then meets up with his dad later and goes... Guess what, Dad? You've got 100 grand and I gave him the dictaphone just like you wanted. And Peter says, what the hell are you talking about? You've been conned, you idiot. I love how mad Peter was at Simon at the end of this episode. Like, he really... He didn't give any allowances. He was like, I know you're my son and you're a stupid little kid, but how could you be such an idiot? You've ruined my life. Um, He's like, you're gullible and stupid. Yes, he was total daft paper. Yeah, he was. He was. He was like. He was being so. I mean, Simon's. Simon is a man now, isn't he? He's he's he's, he's eighteen, so he's not like you kind of abusing a kid or anything. But, but he, he shouldn't. He be. was not holding back. It's like he didn't even have my bank details, you moron. And Simon's like, I was only trying to help, and that doesn't doesn't work. He says, This was my only chance to teach that spoiled scumbag a lesson, and you've stolen it from me. And uh, Simon goes goes off in a sad huff. So Wednesday, Peter's still banging on about it. Um, he's he's still blaming Simon, and Carla's like, "Look, it's been it's done now. There's nothing you can do about it." He's he's, he's blaming him. He's he's backed down a little bit. I think he's kind of realised in the cold light of day that maybe he was a little bit harsh. Maybe he was. Um, yeah. So he's uh, Carla's trying to kind of. GM on and say, look, let's just forget about it. It's it's done now. We've got the hearing later. And, um, yeah, so... Because you carry on. Well, I don't know. Simon finds Peter and Carla and they've just found out <coughs> that this um, medical council is not going to go ahead because uh, they didn't have any evidence because <laughs> it was given. Well, no, yeah, it, 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 and Peter's it, like, right, I'm going. I want to be by myself. Thank you very much. He goes brooding off. And then he goes to the pub and that's where Thorne finds him. And he says, I want a follow-up consultation to discuss your progress. And he's kind of like looking at him all disgusted. Like, oh yeah, I thought you'd find you here, you alcoholic. I love this scene. This is a really good kind of dialogue scene. Between this was them. great, yeah. Um, it really made you feel really angry and um, mad that Thorne is such an, an arrogant 
arsehole, isn't he? He's like, mm. um, I just want to see about your progress, what about the operation that I did and the reason that you're alive is because of me. I want to see how you're doing. Are you eating well? Are you exercising? Just wanted to make sure it was worth the effort. And Peter tells him he's got a God complex. And, um, and then Thorne says that your alcoholism is an inherent weakness in mind and spirit, whereas I am an asset to society, but your kind just ruin it. Look after yourself. Bye, loser. <laughs> Leaves the pub. And then um, Peter catches Thorne joking on the phone and say, oh, yeah, just told this idiot to do one. And he gets really mad. Um, oh, he, Thorne's sitting in his car, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he gets into his car. And he's like on his phone laughing about getting one over on Peter. No, no, I think he's he's outside of the phone, the car at first, then he gets back in. It doesn't really um, matter. Peter's like, get out of this, get out of this car so I can beat you up. And then he drags a wheelie bin in front of the car, like Thor's like, I can't get out because there's too much rubbish in this bin. If only somebody would arrange to <laughs> have it taken and away. Burn this rubbish. Oh. Thorne um, would definitely be on the side of the uh, the council in this, wouldn't they? He'd be like, oh, look, I'm going to be dead by the time the planet explodes. I don't care about recycling. <laughs> so, um, it, Thorne won't get out of the car. Thought that, actually, Thorne's probably all for recycling because as of somebody who does these transplants, that's basically organ recycling, You can't recycle it? a liver once you've taken it out, though. No, but he's recycled somebody else's liver and gave it to Peter's. It's true. So, Thorne won't get out of the and car. He re- and he's recycled Peter's liver into foie gras. <laughs> <laughs> he's all about reusing. Get him on your side, Maria. Thorne won't get out of the car, so Peter gets open to the boot, or the trunk... For Americans, and gets out a golf club, um, and attacks the wing mirror of the car, and then they start arguing through the window, and he's still not coming out out of the car. Um, so Peter says, "I'll make it easy for you." And then he smashes the window and pulls Thorn out of the car, and then Ken and Adam come round, and they're like, "What a handy yes, What are you doing? Um, you you're an idiot." And, and Adam's like, "Oh, I'm his solicitor." Um, I'll cover the excess on your car insurance plus the cost of the three iron. It's not going to bother you again. And Thorne's like, fine, and drives off really livid. And then Carla comes running over, but Peter's just still fuming. And um, Carla doesn't know where he's gone, keeps trying to contact him, gets voicemails. Then he comes home and he's still knocked about this privileged Thorne being untouchable. Then on Friday, Simon's apologetic to Peter when he finds him in the bistro. And Peter's all sarcastic and completely blames Simon for what he's going through. Then later, Carla tells Peter she understands why he's angry, but he's got to let it go. And he says, oh, I've got, I've got a taxi job, I'm going. So he goes to the police station and he finds out his fare is none other than Angry Nicky. <sighs> this is it. Yeah, I wasn't wasn't, wasn't thrilled. thrilled to see her again. I thought we'd it's see a bit like Elaine when she showed up last week. It's like really, he's oh. still on the show. They they still the books, trying are, to find yeah. something interesting to do with this character. Yeah, oh, so what's she doing at the police so, station? In the cab, Nikki's like, oh, I got in a fight when somebody because somebody recognised me from when I was a sex worker, and then the police well, came. They attacked her, Gemma. The police came and they took of justice. The police came, they took me into custody, and they let the bloke go because. The whole system's rigged against people like me. Prostitute. No. And then she says, Prostitute. no, she says, I've missed missing my mum at the hospital now. That's another sob story I've got to tell you, by the way. My mum's sick. I'm really sad. Everyone's mean to me. And Peter's like, yeah, everyone's mean to me as well. Um, I Have got a free taxi ride. I, I nearly got £100,000 when my kid's too stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um... 
So they basically just kind of uh, egg each other on a little bit about how how life is stacked against them. Um, and she starts moaning about her mum saying that she's not enough to go to a care home and she's been arguing with social workers and they, they don't care. And Peter says, oh, look, here you go, have this taxi ride for free. And later on, um, Carla finds out what's happened in the pub. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> yeah, she's she's like saying, "Well, oh, at least this has made you forget about uh, what's going on with Mister Thorne." It's like, it hasn't made me forget. Then Daniel comes in and they say, "Oh, we met Nikki," and he says, oh, "I don't know. I don't want to talk to her. No, I don't want to talk to her." Who says that? Oh, Daniel. Daniel's says like, that, "Oh, yes. not her. Oh, I thought she wasn't in it anymore." <laughs> um, Daisy wouldn't like it if I spoke to him. What? Her. Uh, exactly. Um, oh, good. Nikki's back. Yeah. That's the end of the story. I, I, I really, really, really hope that Nikki doesn't get anywhere near Daniel. I, I like Daniel. I like Daisy. Uh, we've not seen very much of them as a couple. Well, that's part of the course for Coronation Street, really. But I don't I need, yet again, Nikki coming in and being a cat among those pigeons. I don't want to, like, far be it from me to victim blame. I would never. But Nikki's story's weird, isn't it? She was out somewhere and somebody recognised her and then they attacked her and then she got arrested. Yeah, that's her version of events. What actually happened, I don't understand. Wasn't it Because she's a... kind of insinuating that like, she's got, um, she, she got formed with the police, the police recognise her somehow and they treat her badly because of who she is and they never take her side. Now, I've said before on the show that I know that this happens because I've had it both ways with the police. Like... When I was hanging around with my my uncle's family and my cousin went missing, because of like where the family lived, where my uncle lived, and and like, how poor poor the family was, when the police came, they were actually really rude and dismissive. But when the police meet me when I'm in my own house, they're a lot nicer to me because the house is nicer. And I really think I never would have thought that was the case before it happened to me in person, and I would have sort of kind of assume that whoever said that that was the case was being a bit you know exaggerating or mm. and it was just a few just a couple of isolated incidents and obviously that's not true of all police but I, I kind of do believe Nikki here where she's saying that the police judge her before anything's even happened and assume that it's her that's causing the problems mm. if they've had dealings with her before and they know who she yeah, is they know what she, yeah and I don't know how to combat this because to a certain extent there are people who are more likely to cause trouble than others. But then you think about how much how much time would a, would a policeman have to waste on... I take two carrots at, completely at random. Mm. Um, Fizz and Mimi. <laughs> now, can you imagine? Mimi, she's far of a higher status, isn't she? She's posh, she's richer, she's more privileged than yeah. Fizz. She would be a bigger pain in the arse for the police than, oh, yeah. than Fizz would be. Because she'd be like, yeah, I know your boss. Oh, my husband used to play golf mm. with him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, Am I making any sense? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree. Um, you agree with what? With your point. You don't know what my point is, do you? Sorry, I was just watching the cat because she was trying to catch a fly. I think she got it. By the way, I have said on last week's podcast I wanted to watch that Man vs. B on Netflix. It's really good. I love it. I was laughing my head off it all week, wasn't I? Did you enjoy it? It was funny. Very funny stuff. Um, 
I thought that, sorry for, sorry for not completely listening to everything you're saying there, but I know you do the same to me sometimes. I thought this was good. Um, the, the Lovely having Mr. Thorne back. That scene in the Rovers was excellent. I was, I'm in two minds on whether the um, attacking his car with a three iron was necessarily the best thing to do for to be, you know, because it wasn't exactly any sort of moral victory for Peter, was it? It feels like having him having them engage in a battle of wits might have been a better conclusion to this i mean i assume it's still not over and yes it was very spectacular and kind of fun to have peter attack the car and smash the wing mirror and um does he does he smash the window in as well yeah i think he did that was all all fun to watch and everything but have there been any consequences for peter no He's just... I mean, he went to the police station the next episode, but it was just to pick up Nicky. I think that um, if I was Thorne, maybe I was... I would have... I would have... I would have um, pressed charges against him for that. But he seems to have got away with it. I thought it was very weird that he did back down immediately. Who? Thorn. After what? After the... After uh, he was like, oh, I'm going to make sure you get paid. Yeah. Shannon made a really good point on um, on the Facebook group because she was saying like Peter's like oh Thorne gets away with everything so he's so privileged and then the next minute Peter's, Peter's like beating the crap out of trying to beat the crap out of somebody threatening them smashing up the car and then he gets away with it because of who his un- uh, uncle brother who's Adam to him nephew and his dad you know his his relative is a is, is a, a is solicitor a... who can get him out of trouble is that not privilege yeah, yeah it is yeah that's a really good point actually i i found speaking of privilege there was there are interesting parallels here between this and the um the Corey and kelly case because that was the whole um that the whole talking point around that last autumn wasn't it when um Corey was able to well stefan was able to provide all these this amazing legal team of one person, which was Sabine, to try and get Corey off of the the murder charge, whereas Kelly, poor Kelly, the daughter of a seemingly penniless um, loan shark, wasn't able to <laughs> afford anything. Yeah, that's how you know you're doing it wrong. Yeah, um, and and that was all kind of part of the discussion there. So it's kind of, it, it didn't feel repetitive, but as I said, there are parallels to be drawn there. Well, the theme of social injustice, mm. and it all just it all does tie into environmental justice and saving the planet because people like Thorne aren't going to care about what happens because they'll just move. They'll, they've got the economic power to pay more for their food if the, if the food prices go up. Yeah. Move somewhere if, where they're not going to be affected by... If the icebergs by... melt, just move further inland. Honestly, it's true. Mm. Um, I... Um, oh, do you think that this story's going on too long? Does does Peter need to drop it now? Because I've seen some people saying, "Oh no, not this story again." But I'm I'm not feeling that at all at the moment. Any opportunity I can get to watch Mister Thorne on screen, I'm loving. Well, and Peter is, you know, pretty narked about this. And it, it's true that what what Thorne was saying. I know he was using it to try and rile Peter up, but he he is. Thorne is responsible at the end of the day for Peter being alive. However, um, you know, however nasty he is, he he does owe him an awful lot. So Carla, when she's saying you need to drop this, I kind of on her side as well. What do you think? I 
I don't think that anybody owes, I don't think anybody owes like automatic reverence to somebody just because they're a doctor or No, and it doesn't whatever. need to be reverence. And I, and I think that he, Thorne does want to be revered. He, he, I think he even said, oh, I don't do it for the praise, but I think he, you know, he when it comes to Christmas and he, he kind of counts out how many cards he's got from his patients saying, oh, thank you, Doctor. I wouldn't be here celebrating my family if it wasn't for you. But yeah, do you, um, do, do you think that Peter should drop it? Or does he, you know, is, is he right to still be protesting about what Thorne did after all this time? I don't know. There's a difference between, oh, I don't know where this is going, and I don't know where this is going. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. sometimes there's a story and you're like, oh, I, anything could happen next. This is brilliant. I wonder where the story, what twists and turns will we will we see? And then there's like, I don't know. what What is the point of this? Where is this going? How are we going to... What's the story here? What's the story? Because it just feels like it's just Peter trying to get something out of Thorne he's not going to get. Why is it going to go? What the hell is Nikki doing here? I don't know how... Are they going to like turn into a pair of social justice warriors and go around helping working class people with their like petty squabbles with rich people? See, I wonder. Here we go then. So Nikki's going to become friends with Peter a little bit because it feels like they both had... Um, you know, they both had problems and that the world's been kind of down on them recently. I, I really, really, really hope that Peter doesn't um, employ the services of Nicky, shall we say, because he's only just got married recently and it can't be doing with him and Carla finding out that he's been with a sex worker or anything like that. But maybe they can be friends. Now, somebody who maybe might get a prostitute, Mr Thorne. You can't... Yeah, OK. Don't you think? Do you, Wouldn't it be interesting if he... Um, if he hires Nikki for a night of Rumpy Pumpy and, you know, the pillow talk revolves around him confessing something to her related to Peter and she's able to use that as evidence against him. That's a really good... And I'll just come feels, up with that yeah. one. That feels like that could happen. Yeah, yeah, she could, she could be the honeypot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That maybe that and, and that could actually be the making of Nikki. Use not, her powers of sexiness for good. Yeah, exactly. Not not that I'm desperate for Nikki to stay. I I'm I absolutely will happy if she does one after this episode, after this story. But there we go. There's my theory. I'm a, as I say, I'm on a roll with my spider predictions at the moment. Or you know, from the beginning of the year, maybe you're right with this one. We will have to see. Um, le- talking about bullies, because Mr. Thorne is a bit of a wrong one, Tully and the bully storyline was going on at the beginning of this week. I don't think a whole lot happened, but this was the, this was the plan. Oh, this is the incense Frank plan, wasn't it? Which, yeah. um, we definitely appreciated as a, as a storyline title, um, from Todd. Thank you very much. So, yeah, he says the, the Frank incense, or maybe we should call it incense Frank or whatever. But anyway, Todd is of the mind that they need to accelerate things if they want to catch um, Frank out in his bullying. He's like saying, we can't just sit around waiting for him to bully someone, which is absolutely right. <laughs> and um, George remembers back to a time when Frank flushed his head down the loo once at school after he spilled water on his shoe. So what, what we learn about Frank from this is he really doesn't like getting unnecessarily wet from things. Well, he's like a cat. This gives Todd an idea. So they're all... I know the... what we can do. We can make him wet. That's exactly right. And see if he gets mad about it. 
And if he gets mad about it, it proves he's a bully. Yeah. So they're at the, in the cafe logic. later, and um, Top Frank ends up being having a glass of iced tea over him. Does it Top that spills it over him? I think. Yeah. To try and wind him up, and Frank, he wasn't even even asked for iced tea. Frank goes absolutely no. I, did he say? I don't know whether they said this or not. I don't know whether he said, "I want a nice tea." He ordered it him. It feels. Hmm? He ordered him an iced tea so he could pour it on him. Yeah, yeah, I know. But he, he said, oh, I thought you said an iced tea. But if Frank had said, can I have a nice tea? You would never order a nice tea because you'd assume oh. that all tea is nice. Well, no, I just thought, oh, what, what do you fancy? Yeah, come, come, to the, come to Roy's for a, a, nice for a second. Of tea. What, do you, what do you fancy? Oh, I'll have a nice tea, please. That seems like it should roll off the tongue. I want some oolong tea. But anyway, um, he's he gets iced tea spilled over him and he does get oh, absolutely not... fuming for a few seconds. Not the wrapper, the drink. No. He, he's absolutely mad for a few seconds and then he's like oh actually it's fine it's an old shirt anyway I don't really mind let me go home and get changed so like the the plan is, uh, oh, is foiled. foiled yes because he's actually is a definitely he a nice care. guy um, Sean goes home um, oh no Sean is at home at the moment he um, it's a new scene yes I've, I've got my the things in the wrong order here anyway um, George and Todd I've lost what I'm going on with completely. George and Todd come home and Eileen overhears George coming up with other ideas for plans to catch Frank out. And Eileen's like, what's going on? Leave Frank alone. He's lovely. Sean, you need to get over Sean. Sorry, um, George, you need to get over this. So Wednesday um, starts off the episode with um, Sean being in a good mood because he's being treated to a cheeky bistro lunch. George is struggling to muster any enthusiasm for this because obviously he hates Frank. And he says, Sean, just don't get too heavy with things from Frank. Um, don't, don't you know, don't get too involved because, you know, it's best to best way to avoid getting hurt. And Sean says, Frank would never hurt me. He's lovely. He's gorgeous. So um, this is when George has a classic Corrie misunderstanding because he goes outside uh, number 11. Frank's there just for whatever reason, standing in the middle of Viaduct Street on his phone saying, you're neither hot nor cold, so because you are lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. When I close my hand, it becomes a fist. And if I want, I will use it against you. Yes, I went back and rewatched that scene to get the line there. And George thinks that, oh, he's threatening somebody. I'm going to get on in the blower to Sean straight away. Manner. Yeah, I'm going to get on the blower to Sean straight away. Need to see you right now. So he ha- he summons Sean back to number 11 where he tells him exactly how much of a bully Frank is. Um, and he was when he was at school. So he kind of, this is the first time of Sean finding out yeah. about Frank's nefarious past. And he kind of, he, poor Sean, he thought he was finally onto a winner with this guy. And he's kind of struggling to process the information. But... He, he fairly quickly kind of says, oh, yeah, I guess so. That makes sense why you were being so weird recently, George. And George says, I don't take any pleasure in this, Sean. But, you know, I thought I needed to let you know. So um, Sean goes back to the pub, splits up with Frank. That's all over and done with pretty quickly. And George sees Frank in the cafe later. And, and Frank tells them all about the breakup. He says, George, you, you have stirred the pot here. You told Sean about me being a bully. Why did you do this at school? I'm not like this anymore. Um... And George says, well, actually, I heard you talking to someone on the phone in a threatening manner. Uh, but 
This is where the classic Corrie misunderstanding comes out. It turns out it was just a film quote. Did you, do you remember what film it was supposed to be? No, why didn't you find this out? I don't know, it doesn't matter. From some gang film, you know. One of those Gangs sorts of, of films. Gangs of New York. It might have been Gangs of New York, actually. That does ring a bell. But anyway, whoops-a-daisy. Oh, I'm really sorry, Frank. Um, and Frank's like, oh, the, the worst thing about all this is Sean being so quick to think that I was a bully. So Sean, George goes back to number 11 and tries to talk to Sean about it. And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry, I might have made a mistake about the phone call. So Sean um, then speaks to Frank in the Rovers later. And Frank's really making a, a massive mountain out of a molehill about all of this and saying, oh, Sean, I can't believe you used to think I was a bully. So he was... Being a, a playing a massive victim here, and he was like saying, "I was a bully then, and not one now." Us splitting up hurt me a lot more than I thought it would. So they agree to make up, and now Sean is obviously in um, in Frank's debt here, and it seems like this is possibly part of Frank's plan. The, I don't know. I don't know whether Frank has said anything so far to make it out like ha 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 ha. I've got you exactly where I want you. But we get the the line from Sean at the end of the episode where it's like, oh, I'm going to take whatever George says with a pinch of salt now, which just kind of is soap talk for George is actually going to really find Frank doing something horrible. And I won't Frank believe is going to be him. to him and I'm not going to believe him. Do you reckon this is why George was phoning Toya on Friday? Toya, I need to talk to somebody. I'm so bummed out. No one will believe me. <laughs> could be, could be. I don't know. Are you freed for a chat? I just want to go over what happened. <laughs> um, so do you, I mean, oh, I'm, yeah, you, I never remember. Sorry about your husband. Are you all right? Just check. Are you all right? I'm just checking in. <laughs> I hope it doesn't go that way. I don't know how I want this to end particularly. It feels like it is. Why just are you going... so emotionally invested in Frank I just not really being like a Frank. bully? I, 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 because I want him to stay in the program. I like a nice scouser. Um, I think he feels like, you know, he's a decent chap. And there aren't many decent chaps on Corrie at the he's moment. He's not a decent chap, he's a bully. He was a bully. He's changed. I'd love to believe this. But it's just the trajectory the story go is going, it seems to be like, yeah, he's going to... He's going to out himself or he's going to say something that shows that he's he's not changed. Which is a shame, really, because I'd like Sean to stay together with someone. I felt so bad for for Sean when he was saying, oh, yeah, um, I'm used to relationships going wrong. So it's no surprise that, that Frank's actually a wrong one. That's just, I just thought that was sad. Any thoughts on this one, Gemma? Nope. You, over to Mimi. Go on. On Wednesday, Fizz is cleaning the house because Mimi's coming and she's a bit nervous. And this reminds me of um, <laughs> one time when your parents came to visit. I think this is like, do you, you, do you, do you know what I'm, I'm going to say? No, I can't remember. No, I don't think you I, did. I, I, no. um, I was really nervous because your mum was very um, attentive to the cleanliness and tidiness <laughs> of wherever we were. Yes. And um, they kept, they were coming down and I was really stressed because I was running a bit late. And um, <laughs> they rang the doorbell and I wasn't expecting them to be, th be there yet. And I was standing in the kitchen and I literally screamed, DON'T LET THEM IN! <laughs> really loudly. And the kitchen is literally next to the door. That's so I don't know door. whether you, they heard me or not. Well, but there's a, there was a massive, um, like the, the fan for the, for the vent. There was a vent. They, should, they probably did hear me. Screaming, don't let them in. Um, anyway, so she's Gotta nervous because nice she's worried that Mimi's might be a bit judgmental. 
Maybe. Judgmental, I don't think so. Hope comes down in a drop because she doesn't want to wear, she doesn't want to be bridesmaid anymore and she doesn't want to wear any of these stupid dresses. And it turns out that she hasn't been liking to wear dresses recently. I don't know whether that's going anywhere at all, but just the line that Fizz says, that she's like, what is it with Hope and these dresses recently? Makes it seem like that's the opening for... Is, you know, is is something going to go on with Hope there about she's going to... I don't know. Fizz takes out the veil and the clip has snagged it and oh it's torn. And even it's like, no one's going to notice. And Fizz goes, uh, Mimi's going to notice. <laughs> so um, she takes it to the factory so Beth can help her fix it up. And she's uh, feeling that it's all going wrong. She should call it off. But when she puts the fixed veil on, she cheers up. But then Phil comes in and nearly sees her wearing it. And then at home he says, oh, I didn't, I didn't see it. Don't worry. Don't get stressed. That's the last thing I want. So on Friday, um, Fizz is giving Evelyn a pep talk about control your impulses. When Mimi comes, don't say anything. Control your impulses. <laughs> and then Mimi arrives, doesn't she? Yep. She's all happy about the wedding. Oh, She's got her gosh. dog. And um, there really was the great visual metaphor of Evelyn's dog, Cerberus, the lanky mm. greyhound slash whip it, I can't remember which one it is. And Mimi with a tiny little <laughs> chihuahua designer dog with a holding it under her arm. Mm. <laughs> and, um, and they have a dog off, don't they? Yeah, and uh, she's like, oh, well, I'm sure they're going to be the best of friends. And she's she's so excited. She keeps saying, oh, Phil's second wedding. Yeah, she really... <laughs> she keeps hammering that Fizz's face when she like, does it. She's just like, Of oh, course, Fizz, you might be my favourite of his wives, but you'll never be the first. <laughs> <laughs> she grudgingly invites Mimi to the bistro to help sort out the seating plan. And um, meanwhile, Mimi's on the phone going, I simply cannot find anywhere that will let me take Coco. All of the boutique hotels are booked up at the last minute and so eventually um they have to invite her to stay even though they don't want her to and there's no no space and um Mimi says I think we're going to get on like a house on fire and Evelyn says oh if you met Hope have you that was, <laughs> that was brilliant that was Mimi good. had so many brilliant lines yeah like oh. there was a bit later on where she says um let's just put Let's just put this trauma behind us, shall we? Which was, which is really funny. And she keeps sort of saying that she was good at balancing. She used to be a, a she could have been a gymnast. She could have been a gymnast. And I mean, we didn't know whether Mimi was coming back or not because I mean, her name's been banded about a little bit for the last few weeks. But I didn't know for absolute sure that she was going to be back. And then when she came in the door, I thought, oh, I hope that she's as good as I remember because in my head, I just, I, I, I don't know whether is it a case of the rose-tinted specs. It was only like six, seven months ago she was in it before, wasn't it? But I remember absolutely loving her before and it could have all gone wrong and I could have been disappointed, but I thought that she was amazing. I just thought she was so, so, so funny. And, I, and I'm sure the people that hated her before, because there were certainly a few, this wasn't, this didn't do anything to improve their opinion of her. But um, she, she's just wonderful. She's, she's very, very hyacinth bouquet-ish, isn't she? Yes, I've heard a lot of people saying that she... Oh, she's a, just a knockoff. Or, but I don't... I'm sorry, There's but There's nobody I else like her on Coronation Street. I love her. She's such a caricature. Her versus she's, Evelyn is perfect. She's not a long-term character. And I don't... I mean, maybe if she were to stay on the curry for, for a long she time... She might start to grate a little. But for, for small doses... Great. And, and this... And again, looking at where this storyline is likely going, i.e. Phil and Fizz splitting up, 
and then Fizz not um, getting back with Tyrone again, this could well be the you know both Phil and Mimi could be in the Last Chance Saloon here. So uh, let's just let's just enjoy them while we've got them. So Hope is still refusing to put on her bridesmaid dress and Mimi finds it very charming and she's like, you must do what your mother tells you. And she doesn't seem to find Yeah, I it. thought that... Um, I thought she would like make, say, spank her or something. Yeah, like. I thought she, that she... she did, she's she like, just whatever. Just like, <laughs> well, that seems to be the very sort of permissive parenting that Phil probably had when he was a child, do you think? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, hands off because it's too yeah. much effort to, yeah. to discipline. Anyway, she goes into the lounge and she screams and... Fizz finds her on the floor and she says Cerberus jumped at her and knocked Apparently, her over. And, but Cerberus is sitting on on his um on his bed, panting like he hadn't got up. Yeah, I know, he's just kind of chilling out there. Like, like And Mimi's me. like fuming and saying she needs to get a casualty and she can't walk anymore. So um they take they're gonna take her to casualty and they see Tyrone on the way out and he says he's gonna take Mimi because Fizz um has to go to this wedding meeting and um she comes back later and Fizz, and Phil's telling her about the wedding meeting and Evelyn's very suspicious about Cerberus and she doesn't think this this is gonna this really happened. But Mew's like, never mind, let's all concentrate on Phil's forthcoming second marriage. <laughs> so do you um do you think that Cerberus did actually not No, but why down? why would what's what she's stitching it, him up for? It's an elaborate hoax, is uh, why it is a hoax. I don't like I don't I love Mimi, but I don't like people screwing around with, with dogs or being mean to animals. I don't like people that don't like pets or try to get a pet kicked out of its own house. Yeah, this is a little bit that like that time that Amy tried to... Was it Amy tried to um, convince Ken and Deirdre that Eccles had bitten Simon? Yeah, maybe. I don't like that. That will put me right off her if she's trying to get Cerberus in trouble. Yeah, I don't get why she, why she would, unless she's literally trying to prove that she's top dog, as it were. <laughs> Um, but I don't know whether she... She didn't say anything horrible about Cerberus. Also, do you break your own hip in an attempt to make a point? I don't think she's broken her hip. I thought that, was, she's, I thought that she said she had or she busted her hip well, or Well, I think like if she's that. broken it, it's very serious at her age. I, it's like... did they, That's the thing. Did they not show Cerberus jumping at her because they couldn't get the Cerberus dog to do it? I think you can get a dog to jump at people. So... I don't know. I don't know. There's something suspicious going on there. Yeah. But, um, so it's going to be the wedding. It's this time next week, isn't it? I'm so excited. I, I hope, cannot wait. I hope that both Monday and Wednesday's episode have got an awful lot of irritating mother-in-law Mimi. I absolutely love it. Like we and said Fizz's before. Fizz's nose being put out Yeah, joint. don't really recall there being an overbearing mother-in-law quite like this. Not, not in the which same way. Which is really funny because it's such an you know, overdone trope and such an easy sort of comedy score um i'm surprised coronation street haven't milked it before but i i, I love it i think it's hilarious it's so good it's <sighs> so so good i think that she is an amazing character she's like i have to stay with you because phil lives in cardiff can't get to his house <laughs> yeah that's a very good point actually Why not just go? I, th- I suppose it's because the house is mid being decorated isn't it it, it is a very handy convenient reason why yeah. this seven bedroom mansion can't accommodate he's phil's doing something in every room apparently <laughs> right um so we've got the old soak storyline so this is kind of this is a huge story last week wasn't it but it got the uh definitely the uh the do the short straw this week in terms of um, story time. Um, we had a little bit about Gail fretting about Audrey at the start of the episode, but 
David's clearly not first. This is the scene. Was this the scene where David is just answering yeah to everything that Gail says at the beginning of? Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. That was quite funny. Yeah. Um, anyway, he's got bigger things to think about. He's going to go to Max's head a year about these boys that are bullying Max, and Max is like, no, 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 don't. Um, so David eventually relents on that. Um, Stephen comes over and um, chats with Gail about Audrey, and they're agreeing that. We don't want Audrey seeing Gail as the enemy here. So they go and visit her in hospital and she's still been an absolute cowbag to Gail. Stephen says, look, if we can't work this out, I'm going to get straight back on that plane and go to Milan again or Canada or whichever one it is that I live in. And um, so Gail and Audrey are left to chat there. Well, Gail tries to chat, but Audrey is not interested in gain engaging in conversation whatsoever with her. I... Audrey was very, very difficult to like in these scenes until she eventually does have a change of heart. Yeah. Um, because Gail's just like... She, she, she opens, up, opens up a little bit and says, look, I, I still love you, whatever you might think of me, you're still my mum. And Gail's just like... And Audrey's just like, just want some grapes, please. So when Gail goes to leave, eventually Audrey calls her back and says, look, lovey, of course I love you. I appreciate everything that you do for me, but I don't need looking after like some forlorn old donkey. <laughs> In Weatherfield Donkey Sanctuary, <laughs> north one? or south. Uh... Um, and they agree to put, let bygones be bygones and put it all behind them. So, nice, but uh, I don't know, not not the best resolution. It came a bit quick, but I guess I'm glad it wasn't dragged on any longer than it needed to be. Anyway, um, meanwhile, there's a possible story bubbling away between Elaine and Stephen, of all people. Because um, Stephen's coming out of the shop, I think, and um, or is it Elaine? I can't remember. But they bump into each other anyway, and he says, "Oh, I owe you big time for helping to rescue Audrey the other day. Um, thanks so much to you and your partner Brian." And Elaine's like, "Oh no, no, no! He's not my partner. She's just like very coy with him, and it looks like there might be some some sparks there." And when when Stephen walks off, Elaine looks back and's like, <laughs> "It's a handsome Canadian." But um, nothing else happens with there for the week. We just end up with Stephen going back to hospital. Happy to see that Gail and Audrey are chatting merrily away there. And he says to them, I've decided to stay a little longer, at least until Audrey is back on her feet. But we just have to imagine what that's like because we don't get to see any of it on Wednesday and Friday. Um, so Gemma, thoughts on this, this stuff this week? Um, I'm... Stephen, and, Stephen and Elaine... They're gonna go away together. If if yeah, if Stephen whisks Elaine away from Milan, and then then rips up a passport, then I'm all for this. Sorry, Elaine, you're very annoying. I just, did they, I mean, I guess we don't know what Stephen's type is particularly, but I just don't see him going for someone like Elaine. Do you? They don't seem the same age, but they must be. Like yeah, I guess they must be. He, she's just too kind of. She appears too kind of flighty and ditzy. Yeah, and but for every sort of you know, fairy for him, I don't know. All these big striding businessmen need a sort of simpering lady at home to make apple pies for them. I mean, I may, maybe in some ways, um, Elaine, in in her rich, wittery ways, reminds him of her mum or uh, his mum or his sister or something. I don't know. Um, nothing nothing happened glad they're back together again I, I got I, I copied down another quote that I thought was funny in that David and Gail scene where Gail's saying to him oh, my, my own mother's not speaking to me and David says I should be so lucky mm -hmm. so that was kind of funny but 
Yeah, not much else there. Tim's storyline, Gemma? On Monday, Tim sees Aggie in the cafe and he asks her how things are with Ed and he's she's like, oh, I barely ever see him these days. Spends so long with his brother all the time. And so then Tim meets up with Ronnie in the pub and tells him about Aggie feeling a bit left out. And then Ed hears the end of it and Tim tries to explain that um, he has a special sense when it comes to other people's other, other people's wives and he can tell something's bothering Aggie. And Ed's like, oh, I think she's fine. And then Tim sort of leaves the conversation. Then Aggie finds Tim in Victoria Garden later and tears a strip off him for interfering in, in her life. But then she reveals that actually it did work because um, she came home to a bunch of roses and Ed's going to take her to the bistro for tea tonight. Oh, what a treat. Well, all's well that ends well there, I guess. Stop having scenes together. I'm getting worried. Tim and Tim and Aggie. Yeah. I, maybe, but... I don't know why. This, this also felt like an end to it. I suppose there's still the, the, the issues that Tim and Sally have been having in the bedroom haven't been resolved yet, have they? But I don't know. I guess we talk about this one more when um, when it comes up. Um, the summer holiday storyline. I prefer the old summer. No, it's tough. Hello, Summer's Robot. You've been a bit quiet recently. But Summer and Aaron are talking about their upcoming trip to Barcelona. And um, we saw her being a bit worried about the, the sexy bikini models on the magazines a few weeks ago, didn't we? And um, they, they kind of get chatting. And Summer know. says, oh, you know, I, I am actually a bit concerned about wearing all this, all this you know, uh, b- b- bikinis or whatever on holiday because of my... Body image that you I don't have, have at the to moment. wear anything you don't want to wear, even if you're on a beach. Well, she just doesn't. Yeah, she, she. I think she, she doesn't like the idea of going to the beach. Maybe it's also about being around other other sexy ladies on the beach. Don't go to the beach; it's boring. You don't like beaches. It's on the, the beach. most boring place in the world. Lots of people, Gemma. I don't understand like beach it. holidays because they get to go to. It's the beach. not even a good view. It's a load of blue crap with a load of blue crap above it. Oh, there's also some yellow. Let's see. Oh, this might be this yellow sand. Wow, great. Then there's blue water, and then there's blue sky. I don't mind Whip the beach, but do. we never go. Did you boring. just you just said really flopping do? I said. Did you? I thought you said it's something boring. Else, and the only good thing about it is ice cream. Sometimes you get hot. <laughs> it's it's dull. What about the men that go around with their caramelized I'm not nuts? Interested. No. No, they keep your nuts. I don't want hot crusty nuts. <laughs> It's too hot. I would ha- I would have an ice cream. Um, yeah, so anyway, they, they, don't go to boring. Why would you go to Barcelona and go to the beach? What's the most boring, brain dead thing I've ever heard of in my life? If you want to go to the beach, we've got beaches here. Go to Western Supermare. Anything else? Um, I went to Barcelona once. I remember having to go to a football stadium there. I might have been like on a coach tour or something. Because I don't know why my parents would have chosen to go to the Barcelona Football Club. Because no, none of us odd. are really into to football. But anyway, Summer says that she wants to go Eat to... Eat tapas. Um, go watch a ball fight. She wants to go and see the... Uh, no, Eat, better not do that. There's Summer so wants to go to, to the cathedral there. She would do. Mm. Um, Aaron later tells her, oh, we've been upgraded. Our hotel's been upgraded so that we can uh, have a water sports session. Disgusting. As part of our deal. And Summer is not too keen about this because of, you know, of what Involving it might mean that she needs to wear or not off. wear. But eventually she kind of relents and she backs down and says, yeah, okay, I'll wear a wetsuit if I and have to. And he's like, to. oh, they'll give us free wetsuits so we can rent a wetsuit. Don't mm. do that because everyone wheezes in them. I've... Have you ever worn a wetsuit? Yeah. 
I suppose you did sailing when you were little, mm. didn't you? I've never worn a wetsuit. I'd be kind of interested really to see horrible. what it was like. Why they just, what are they like? Are they kind of slimy inside? Yeah, they're all wet inside as well. Oh, I don't like that. I'd, I'd, I'd quite like to just try one. They do, basically, they just keep you warm, I think, Yeah. when you're in the water. Anyway. Um, and also protect your skin from, like, summer. Yeah. being hurt by dolphins or something. Lyme's disease. <laughs> Summer. Lyme's disease? No, whale's that... disease. That's the one, isn't Whale? It? I don't know. Whale. Whale Water disease. disease. Whale disease. Stops you being, being eaten by a whale if you're wearing whale's a wetsuit. Whale's like, oh, no. It's, I, this, I hate it when they're wrapped like this. <laughs> um, Summer decides in the end, or she says to Aaron, look, I don't want to spoil the holiday yet. Okay, let, let's do it. It's going to be going to be kind of fun. Because she's Water skiing begins to appeal. Yeah, well... You know how Coronation Street likes to experiment with flashbacks and stuff recently? I think we maybe saw one with this summer scene at the end of the episode. Oh, no, wait, they're just yet again showing her squirting her insulin down the sink. What a silly girl that she is. When she went there over to the sink, I thought, oh, not, not again, surely. Maybe they're going to change it. Maybe they're going to show her thinking about showing her about squirting her insulin down the sink, but she decides... Uh, you know, better Robert and doesn't do it. But no, down the sink it goes. Oh, gosh, round and round this story goes. Um, what a waste of NHS resources. So I know. You should be ashamed how, how much yourself. did that insulin cost? I was watching this and I was thinking, there are people in America who die because they can't afford insulin. Yeah. Think about them, Summer. Think about how those to be smart. poor third world country people in America. Mm, mm. <laughs> um... <laughs> Sorry, Americans. It sucks. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I feel I feel bad for summer because I I also um, I mean you don't like beach holidays because you because you boring. find them boring. I don't mind the idea. No, I don't but find them boring. They are boring. You th- in your opinion? No, it's not my opinion. It's fact. It's boring as hell. What are you doing? Oh, I like to read the book. Read a book anywhere else. Why are you reading it on the beach? It's calm when you get the breeze around It's not calming. Bre- breezes exist everywhere else. <laughs> it's the most boring waste of time. It's like when you get in a bath. I'm going to have a nice bath. Get into the bath. This is boring, isn't it? This is really boring. It's like sitting normally, but I'm wet. <laughs> You're making a strong case. I don't particularly mind it, but like summer, I also don't like getting what my kit What do you do? Off. What do you do, Michael? You... I'm- you personally, what when? do you do at the beach? Well, I haven't been to the beach for a very, very long time because I don't like, yeah, because like summer, I don't like wearing no, but, beach clothes. Okay, so what, all right. I remember when I was, um, I, went, I went on a school exchange to Germany once when yeah. I was doing my A-levels. Germany's famous for beaches. Well, th- this, th- this, the place that we went to in Germany, there was a lake there and um, my, my exchange partner, who was a girl, um, we, she, she, we all had to ride our bikes down to this lake and then she, she had her two mates there who were both boys and, and she was quite a skinny girl so she gets her like kit off and then these boys take all their clothes off what, and they're, they're all naked? Oh no, you know. Sexual harassment. No, she's she's got her her beach wear on. Boys take their kit off and they're all rippling and muscles and everything. And I'm there, literally, in my jeans and t-shirt, and they were saying, "Oh, Michael, aren't you gonna put you?" What's that in German? What? Michael, aren't you gonna take your clothes I, off? I don't, I don't remember. And oh. I was like, "No, no, I'm fine here." And I was just lying. I'm British. On, I was lying on the beach, and it was a. If this was kind of summer, this was June, July time boiling hot and I was lying there in my jeans and t-shirt and they must have thought I was a right plonker but I absolutely for various reasons to do with bullying when I was at school um, do not like 
taken sort of you know taken my top off or like I, I said before a few weeks ago I don't even like wearing shorts after what happened at school so I absolutely oh sympathise with terrible. I but you don't you don't sympathise with George though being bullied you think Frank's a great guy <laughs> no I do I do sympathise with George but I think so the bullies if, can change so what, yeah but so I feel I, I feel bad for summer what, but yeah, I still find the story a bit boring up to you and saying Michael I was wrong at school you are handsome and your body is beautiful you've got lovely legs you should Michael. share it with the world well you know somebody wants to come back from my past and do that then I might be benevolent and forgive you stop trying to turn this into a sob story about yourself Michael. no I'm not I'm just saying when, why I no, may be sympathised no, to summer you're bit, judging my question adult. what do you what would say you say you have the body of a goddess a god <laughs> you already do that to me <laughs> yeah, yeah right um, okay. Uh literally an old school goddess well so, when I used do? when I used to go to beach holidays I used to have puzzle books and and also this is because this was going back to primary school days. I think my parents used to make fun of me a little bit. I used I to take like did, verbal yeah. reasoning tests onto the beach. You nerd. <laughs> to practice on a twelve You're plus. That's ridiculous. <laughs> what a waste of time. Not, not just like you know word searches like normal puzzle books. Verbal reasoning tests. <laughs> yeah, little maths. So test. you're like used to look at the beach. That's sad, isn't it? It's really it's, sad. So but someone's like, I, was, I don't I want to go to the beach, boy. Sharon. I don't want to do any more verbal reasoning tests. <laughs> it also reminds me... God, this is... Just Michael, of... you can do verbal reasoning tests like every other English person in a caravan in the, in the rain. <laughs> no, I also remember when I went to uh, Florida with my parents, we went to um, Disney World and everything, and we got these... Yeah. You, Yes, I know. I've been to Disney World <laughs> and you Disney haven't. World. <laughs> You've been to Japan and New York. I've been to Disney World. Yes. Um, anyway, so you can get these Disney World passes that let you in oh. however many uh, theme parks there. So oh, you go to your didn't magical you to Harry kingdom. Potter, though, did you? Oh, no, you didn't because it wasn't there. You go to your magic kingdom. You go to your Epcot and you're seriously disappointed. Boring. You go to your... Even I know it's boring. Uh, I know Animal Kingdom or whatever. But we also had one for one of their water parks. Beach there. World. Yeah, and so it's so it's like these massive swimming pool things with a huge wave machines and everything, and there's like these thousands of people there all in this one place, and the and it makes the waves and it's all a lot of fun, and I kind of like the idea of it, but because of me being so um, nervous about my body and everything, I was there in my jeans, in my t-shirt, lying on the you lying on the recliner, and my mum and dad and Jane were saying, come on Michael, go, and, and I was a stubborn boy, and I, and I can still no. be very stubborn you now know, if yeah. people want to make me do things, like when we was, when all the other guys at school wanted to do Movember a few years ago, I was like, nope, 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 yeah, don't, nope, no, don't do it, don't do it. but anyway, so I was, I, I remember lying there, listening to my Melanie C CDs, or probably, no, actually, they would have been my mini discs back then, and and um, and mum and dad were getting kind of quite annoyed at me well, because they yeah they they got their tickets they paid for me to go to this water park and I was just sitting there with, with my headphones <laughs> on idiot. and I was like saying no 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 and they're saying come on Michael take your t-shirt off it's it, it's weird and I was like nope I'm not doing that but it was so it's because I felt the same way as summer I suppose and if I, only there was some insulin you could pour down the sink yeah exactly. We need to work. We need to take you to therapy. Anyway, I, 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 I think this is it. I think that I've got it all out on the podcast. Today. Yeah, but will you go to the beach? Are there any now listeners, counsellors, to do some verbal reasoning tests with no clothes on? <laughs> Naked verbal reasoning tests. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know. I don't know. If you decide, if you turn around to me and said, you know what, Michael, I'd quite like to go to the beach. Me this summer. So yeah, fitting it on me. No, if if you have some kind of revelation or some kind of no. urge for whatever to have some beach ice cream. 
then if I go, I think probably I'd be able to go with you because no. we did for our honeymoon, didn't we? We were if went, I go to the beach, they'll push me back in the water. Save her, save her. <laughs> Let her back go back with her pod. But when we when we had our honeymoon, we went to the beach, didn't we? we went to I weighed Keys about half as much as I do now. You did. So. You did. But, <laughs> I'm just the woman I was. And did I? Did I have my t-shirt off on the beach? Then? I think you did. I think you did. I think I did. I think I think that was a very. Well, we did find a nice secluded spot, didn't we, to have a little sit? Yeah, but it was I boring. Think that was a big moment. For it me was there. boring. Sorry that it was boring on our honeymoon, it was. darling. It was like, oh, here we go. We're on a beach now. What? Get me some alcohol. <laughs> Jimmy got so drunk at one of those <laughs> places. <laughs> once. No, what's that? What's that? At Margaritaville. Keys? Was that a Saint? This is getting really boring now. No, people love this. Gemma got absolutely (laughs) plastered on Margarita, and I've still got the video of her. I've never seen her so drunk in my life, before or since. And um, we we were going back to the boat after, because you hadn't, had you not eaten much? Well, uh, and you had a really, big free margarita, really yeah. And no, people love this. Um, and yeah, she, she was <laughs> utterly tiddly, and you, we were, we was walking her through this chef, and she's going shh, shh, shh. And I, and I, and just you ended up lying on the bed in our in our room on the ship, didn't you? Just giggling away. It was absolutely hilarious. If anyone wants to see this video, um, I don't know. I maybe need to think about my rates. You going this. to blackmail me and release a video and I shame could. me on the internet like I'm Mary O'Connor? I could. I, I could. Yeah, accept all donations to the Trussell Trust for to, to yeah, Trussell. Yeah, donate the video to the Trussell Trust if you want to watch this video. I'll, t- <laughs> I'll do it's that. It's a funny video. Would you really? Well, for charity. Right there we go, everybody. Here's the challenge: <laughs> donate well, us money to the Trussell Trust, and we will release the video of Gemma very, very drunk on her honeymoon. Right. Um, anyway, we have digressed just a little bit, so um, it, we've reached the end of street talk, and it's time <sighs> to say the scores on the doors for this week. Gemma, I'm going to let you go first. What do you rate this week's? I'm going to give street? this three and a half oolong teas. Oh, we yes, didn't say that, was... that, but Mimi kept going on about oolong tea, which yeah. is gross. Um, what? Why three and a half? Justify um, your score. Really there? enjoyed Spider coming back. I don't know. I think the I think doing these final maybe maybe it's a four. I'm thinking four this week because looking down at the stories I we had, I think it's because we just finished on all these boring stories about our childhood and it made me sorry, think it was boring. sorry, darling. <laughs> I'm only uh, kidding. I know, I know. The, the summer holiday was was dull. I kind of like Aaron. Tim and Aggie. I'm not. I'm worried about this. Mm. Stephen's kind of beginning to suck the life out of everything. Yeah. Um, but those stories weren't in it very much, were they? So I really, really liked Mimi back. I really liked Spider back. I, I found the, the stuff with Maria very compelling. Me too. And and Thorne as well. There was a lot to like this week. So I'm going to give this one. I'm giving this week um, four incredible shower heads out of five. Um, character of the week is a I'm giving it four one. as well. For, yeah, okay, character of the week. I mean, really, it's like, it kind of should be Maria, shouldn't it? Would you like to give it to Maria this week? You don't have to, you're grimacing here. I mean, I, I did I did sympathise with her a lot. And, you know, she, she was standing up for the environment and she was confronting the bullies by recording that video, even if that maybe isn't the best thing to do. Um, but in my head, I'm thinking, I just want to give it to either Spider or Mimi because I was so happy to see them back. Or Thorn, you know? fantastic um can i really give it to those characters that are only in it for a little bit though i want to give it to mimi because she had so many amazing lines and i know that i know some people don't like her but um i think she's funny 
Yeah. I, I'm going to... And I love her and, and Evelyn together. I'm going to give it to Spider because at a time when Toya needs friends like and people to understand her the most, he is there to tell her, you are not going crazy. And I think that, that's why I really enjoyed those very platonic scenes at the end of the episode. And he, and she she kind of opened up to him and said what you know hell that she's been through this past month. And he was there just as a lovely calming friend to say, I've got your back. And I think that's what Toya needs at the moment. So for that, um, I am giving it to Mr. Spider Nugent. And I think that's it for Street Talk this week. So let's move on to the cabin. Hello everyone, welcome to the cabin. Got a very special piece of news. There is going to be a Star Trek convention in Weatherfield what? this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your costume. You can't be Spock. Somebody's been I hope it's not that. too late for Kelly to buy uh, <laughs> Can I just say before we go into the news, I just remember we realised just in that little pot for recording break, it is now my birthday. Happy it's the birthday second of July. To Happy birthday to Happy Lee Boardman and Sue Happy birthday to Michael also. Happy birthday to you. Right. Yay. Thank you. Happy anyway. To me. Anyway, back on with the podcast. Star Tours return this summer. You can go behind the scenes. Star Tours? What is that? At uh, Coronation Street. <laughs> What's that? What's that programme that we were watching? Media City. You can meet a mystery cast member. There are limited edition tours. So you get to... Um, you. You join one of the expert tour guides, you get to see the exterior sets like normal, but you get to meet a mystery cast member, say hello, pose for a picture, and hear some filming secrets and stories from them. Um, to be announced to these who who's going to be doing these, but there are selected dates and times from July into September. Yeah, there's, there's one so, date per month, so it's basically, like Gemma was saying, it's a tour, but you get to meet a cast member at the end, which is pretty cool. And I don't know whether I like or don't like the idea that it's a mystery member. So you don't know until you get there? No, you don't know who it is. I think that's oh. probably for the best. Um... And, and, and it could be anyone. I mean, this is a little bit like um, just a few months ago where we had the um, the Jubilee one where Samia um, was there. Um, he plays Maria, of course, at the end to, to meet and greet some of the some of the people that are on the tour. But this could be anybody. Um, and it's only like £40. So originally, uh, normally the tour is £35, I think. So for an extra fiver, you can go and... I don't know whether they come out onto the street or whether you get to go inside somewhere, like going to the Rovers like they did at the Jubilee, but it seems quite a bargain. But I suppose the, the value is all based on how much, you know, who the, who the celeb is that you get to, to come out and see you. So there's going to be Saturday, 16th of July, they're all Saturdays, 20th of August and 3rd of September in the afternoons. Yeah, there's like six or seven yeah. um, times during the day. If you've already booked the the, the tour this the for these time slots, you get automatically upgraded. You don't even have to pay your extra five. So that'll be fun, won't it? it would, who, who, would you, who would you think? Who would you think would do it? Who would you I like? I don't know. I, I know there are definitely some cast members who I think, well, there's no way they would do that. Not not necessarily... I mean, some might not shy want to do or, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, some might be too shy to do it. Some might just be like, or no, humble. I don't... 
Maybe, maybe. Surely, if people would want to, to meet little old me, I'm just, um, I'm just some William people Roach. just not no into, one, into no that one knows sort who of I thing. Am. I mean, Simon Gregson seems to be in a bit on a, I'm a celebrity. Um, he does seem to be on a moment, bit of a look at me he? kick, doesn't he? Yeah, after he did, literally did the I'm a celebrity and then he did that mask. He's going to be doing or the stage drag show thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So somebody like him, but I don't, we, we were talking about this yesterday and I don't think there's many members of the cast that we would be a bit disappointed if we saw. We <laughs> <laughs> who would we most like it to be? Who would we least like it to be? Who, I think who it's would best be surprised? If we don't say. Oh no, people, people. No, guess. because it, but, all right, yeah. But but I mean, who who we'd most? I think there's a lot a lot of the people that we really really like. We have already met. Well, I I don't know whether if we went on one of these things, it'd be like a, you know, it'd be interesting if they knew who we were. <sighs> We're but not then equally, celebrities or famous or interesting in any way, nobody cares. But I, I wouldn't want it to be somebody who knew who we were that actually doesn't like the podcast. Well, if somebody doesn't like us, then I wouldn't want to pay money for them to get mad at me. No, I know. Um, but I, I think that you know, if if it was <laughs> if it was George Taylor, that'd be quite funny <laughs> because we talk all the time anyway. But I don't know. I mean, somebody like Jack P. Shepard could be cool, or or somebody that we did an interview with and we got to meet. I don't know. I think I think it's a really cool thing to do, don't you? I really think it is a very cool thing to do. Yeah. Like Just for that. a little bit of extra money, actually meeting the cast, um, that, that's a really nice nice scheme. And, it, and it's a good way to keep the, the interest going for the tour before they do the um, reopening of it with all the new section later in the year. I guess it will, it will all carry on there. But um, I suppose they'll see how many people sign up for it. So um, sounds good. Um, and that, that's the main bit of news this week, really. I just wanted to um, get that out there for anyone who's um, planning to go up to the tour and is looking for a date. Why not go for one of these? The only other bit of news that I got is that Sam Aston Gemma um, was in OK Magazine this week with it announcing the name of his new baby girl, which is Daisy. Daisy like in Corrie. She's, that's nice. She's sister to his 22-month uh, other child, Sonny. It's a nice, yeah. nice move not to call his new daughter Daughtery. Yeah, that is always all just girly. Yeah, and uh, and he, he's because it's all in okay. There's a whole interview in there. I've not read the whole thing. I've I've seen snippets of it, and uh, apparently he was planning to watch some footy on the telly when uh, when his uh, when his wife went into labour. Like, pro- I can't be bothered with it. <laughs> yeah, anything, any no, way to stop crap. the football being on. So um, yeah, she starts going into labour, and she's like, "Quick, you got to come here now!" And apparently she was mooing. It's just all these things that they don't tell you about childbirth. It makes you moo like a cow. Um, but uh, anyway, they've got they had a birthing pool and everything, and and it was uh, filling up too slowly. So um, Sam was there filling it up with kettles and everything, and then she gave birth to lovely Daisy. So um, congrats to Sam and Bryony, and um, congratulations to Daisy for getting a name at last. I think that's it for Coronation Street news this week. Tracy, uh, Tracy Bennett looks like she's been punched in the face or something. What are you talking about? No, she 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 posted a picture of herself with a black eye on social this. media this week. Was it you, Gemma? I don't know. I don't even know who she is. Tracy Bennett, lovely Sharon Gaskell. I said where? Oh, where? Oh, I don't know where she is. Um, but anyway, what are you talking about? That That's was such a news weird this thing week. To come out no, with. it's just a, a, something I remember. I've not written it down here, but Why I remember are you she was. This about her? Because she literally, she went on social media this week with a black eye and said, does anybody know what to do with a black eye? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Maybe she got into a fight with somebody like Nikki did at the uh, at the, super, uh, the supermarket. 
Supermarket. We... Where was that's where Nikki was? Wasn't I don't she? know. I'm just blathering because there's literally no talking. other news this week. So um, Next. let's just get to feedback. Okay, well, we that was a fairly short cabin section, but we got lots of we got lots of feedback, so we can do the feedback. Um, Gemma, last week on the Facebook group, they scored last week's Coronation Street quite highly. Three point nine three out of five was last week's Corrie, so that's high, a very respectable score. Um, Emma loved it; she gave it five tissues stuffed up Emma's nose out of five. No. Huh? <laughs> she gave it five tissues stuffed up Shona's nose. What did I say? Emma's nose. Oh, stuffed up her own nose. Um, Giselle gave it four and a half toppled motorcycles out of five. Uh, Jonathan, not so keen on last week's curry. He only gave it two chocolate fingers for the sex therapist oh, out dear. of five. But thanks for everybody who, who uh, voted on the poll. We had quite a lot of votes this week. Now, last week on the podcast, I put out the call for a voice message. And we got one, Gemma. Stephanie has um, sent us something. And not only that, but she also was able to tell us a little bit about the Canadian accent, which is what I wanted to find out about. Yes. So let's have a listen to what Stephanie has got to say. Hello, Michael, Gemma, Abby, and of course, Summer's Robot. Tis I, crazy Canadian cat lady, Stephanie. Michael's been complaining about not getting voicemails, so I thought I would send one. Specifically about Stephen's Canadian accent. I think the difference between a Canadian accent and an American accent is probably our A's. I think our A's are a little bit longer. I might be wrong. But then accents across the country, just like in England, are different. So I'm from central Ontario, which is a little bit more rednecky, which really comes out when I'm visiting. For example, if you are asking someone to gun the engine of their vehicle, you don't say gun your engine. You say give her. Things like that. Also, the best way to find out if someone truly is Canadian is to ask them how to pronounce Toronto. Because if they say Toronto, they're not Canadian. How do you say Toronto? Toronto. Anyways, have a lovely weekend. To my fellow Canadians, happy Canada Day. To my fellow American friends, happy 4th of July. And to my British friends, happy weekend. Bye. Thank you, Stephanie. Oh, thank you for writing to us. Thank you. Oh, to hear from to you again. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you from Summer's Robot for men- for mentioning him as well, giving him a shout out in there. It yeah. Was, yeah. Um. Good. Thank you for explaining. Now we know. Now we know. When you said that um, the Canadian accent is all about our A's, I thought you were talking about the fact that you say A at the end of all your no. sentences. But apparently not. Uh, that's interesting to hear about. Thank you very much. Well, and and uh, I don't know how often I tell anybody to, to gun their car, but at least now if I'm in um, yeah. Canada and I need somebody what to do, do that. What do you say? Go faster, please. Um... Hit the gas. No, what do you say? You say, get, go, go on. I forgot it. Put the she pedal said, to the metal. You literally just said it. Gun it. No. Gun it. Get it. Oh, gosh, I can't remember. I we need say, to listen to it again. We did literally fuzz. just listen to this. Anyway, that it's was great. It's the fuzz, great. go. That was great. Thank you very much, Stephanie. Um, thank you for, for he, listening he, yes, to, hearing to my request. Call. Well, the, yeah, the, the, yeah. the message in Stephanie's email said, if Michael moans on about something long enough he gets what he wants or something along those lines that's right Stephanie knows that's true and it is my birthday although Stephanie you did forget to wish me happy birthday at the end of that well she said um, she said happy Canada Day happy happy 4th of July but did she say to all Brits it was a total diss that she didn't say happy birthday to me to all Brits happy Michael's (laughs) birthday weekend yes happy Michael's birthday month thank you very much (laughs) right Gemma would you like to read out George's email this week 
George says, I think it's great that Corey are doing storylines centred on social media as it's very important that we're careful online. However, I question if they've picked the right characters as I'm not feeling sorry for them, especially as Maria keeps giving her abusers ammunition. However, could this be an ulterior motive for Gary to find the troll and make his first proper killing as a villain, as his previous attempts were pathetic, as it was the roof that killed Rana? <laughs> and as for Rick, we didn't see it on screen until his body shows up. I'm not buying Rick as officially being dead. I, I think he is. I think Conspiracy. we need to... Um, I think he's been buried. Elsewhere on the cobbles, I really, really don't want our Fizz to marry Phyllis. I've never liked him. Also, I don't want her to get back with Tyrone either, as they're still not forgiven him. And Fizz doesn't need a man. She's strong and independent woman. And where has Stephen come from, as his accent is grating on me. Canada. Ask Stephanie. Ask, yes, ask Stephanie She'll about that. She'll know specifically where that. he's from. The American part of Canada, I think, is, <laughs> is where Stephen Reed comes from. Um, yes, yeah, I... Oh. Do you think that Fizz and Phil are going to be married? She's He's from Toronto. Toronto. Do you think that Fizz and Phil are going to be married? <laughs> yes. Do you reckon? Yeah, yeah I said happen, this before. I said it before. And then they'll just get an annulment. Eventually. Interesting. Is Gary going to kill Jimmy the bin man? Let me put it this way. There's going to be a wedding, but there won't be a marriage. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Okay. My prediction. Okay. What did you say, Jimmy? What? Is Gary going to kill Jimmy the bin man? Yes. Is he going to feed him through a, a trash compactor or stick him in the back of a bin Just lorry? Just put him in a bin. And this happened to a, a man. He got put in the bin. Get in the bin. He died. Not yeah. funny, Michael. No, sorry. Yeah. You've kind of... Sad, isn't it? Killed the mood now, haven't we? Thank you very much, George, and then for he'll your go, email. He'll put him in the bin and he'll go, recycle this. And then he'll close the lid. <laughs> And then it'll be like, that just wasn't that good. What can I have said? I Gary has got away with it, honestly. Right, Jake has written in to us and said that he really loved last week's Coronation Street. He says, drama and comedy were excellently interwoven. Mm. Audrey is my character of the week as I love how she had no filter on anything that she said. I also enjoyed the sibling <laughs> rivalry between Gail and Stephen. I'm going to be controversial, Don't do though, it, Jake. And say it's a refreshing break from the boring Toya and Imran story. Get out. <sighs> I love Georgia and Charlie, but I just felt like it's dragged on far too... <laughs> Too long. What? I like Toya, but I don't know whether I like her enough to want her to get away with murder. She didn't do it! Jake! <laughs> Jake, sit down. My main problem with this story <laughs> is it all stems from the one night stand, which I don't think should ever have happened. Yeah, disgusting. That's that's the point, isn't it? Yeah. I think it was we were all a little bit surprised when Imran copped off with Abby last year. Bit out of character, Moby. And it was all leading to killing Imran off. Yep. Oh, I hate it when they make characters do things just to... Just for the dramas. Mm. That's what I'll say when I do something wrong. I was just doing just it for the, the drama. Dramas. Can we move on from this trauma, please? Jake continues, my main problem with the story... Oh, no, I've said that already. I adore Tim and Sally together, and I loved it when they were writing their lists. I've only been listening to the podcast for less than a year. <laughs> so could Gemma explain why... <laughs> I don't think I've read this feedback before. I can never explain why she hates Tim so much. It's the people I talk about, Currywood. I've always rated him as one of my favourites. Gemma, over to you. Why do you hate Tim? Why would you like him? He's funny. He's he's atrocious. Why? He's vile. Why? Um, it is a joke at this point that I, I don't really um, have any strong feelings particularly about him, but I'm going to maintain that I hate him because I think everybody needs a bit of flavour in their life, don't they? Yeah. We did go through a stage of hating him I because he was always why. raining on Sally's Seriously, parade. Seriously, why I don't it? like him is because when Sally was the mayor, he was, he was portrayed as being a supportive husband, but actually he was getting Sally to quit being the mayor because she was being abused, she was being stalked and harassed and... 
like she got sent like a bloody heart in the post and she was getting very and upset about it. she was being framed it. by and She Duncan. was being set up and everything. And his solution to the problem wasn't fight for your rights. I'll stand by you. You you can do anything. Sally, you're great. I'll support you. I'll give you emotional support. I'll do this and that. He was like, quit being the mayor. It's too much hassle for me, Tim. Yeah. We really didn't and like And the him thing though. is about it is the show never made out that he was in the wrong at any mm. point. They were like, Tim's being sensible. Look at this silly woman being a mayor. Who does she think she is? We also didn't it like really Tim when he was um, kind of... Uh, when Gina was, was fancying him because we thought that Gina he came tem- out worse from that storyline than Tim did and it felt like... He got away with a lot of bad... He got away upon, with but a it lot of... It was a bit two-way, I'm going to say. Questionable things. Yeah. I, I don't mind Tim, it when... Tim is fun and, and this, this sexy storyline has been fun. Go on. I don't mind it when characters act in a bad way and I can forgive a lot of bad behaviour and I find I can empathise with people but I don't like it when the show treats them like I should automatically forgive them or understand. Yeah. That's why Kelly got on my nerves a little bit. I, I would have come to like her myself if it hadn't been... If I hadn't had my face ground into the floor of a picture of Kelly. Do you mm. know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, no, totally. What, um, Summer's Robot, what what do you think of uh, of Tim? Robin Cowan Tart. Yeah, see, Summer, Summer knows what's what. He's on our Summer's side. Robot. So I hope, I hope that's explained that uh, that for you. Um, the email continues. Um, going I thought back the Max storyline was yeah, impressive. Yeah. And those bullies were amazing actors. Where were you reading this from? Oh, yeah, I was, I was in the wrong part. Um, I want them, I thought the Max storyline was very impressive and those bullies were amazing actors. Yeah, were. I felt intimidated just watching it. Going back to... Yeah, it's weird. It's just so weird how something can seem like a, such a major storyline and in real life, which you can't always apply to Coronation no. Street, that the momentum would still be going, but they can just cut it and then they come back a week and it's like, you know what? We're still in exactly the same predicament as we were two weeks ago. We've we really should have done nothing. something by this point. But anyway, uh, going back to something Gemma said about Max not knowing who he is yet and still trying to work out work himself out supports my theory that Max is either gay or bisexual. Mm. He just seems very confused about himself and angry a lot of the time and is trying to act out what he sees in stereotypical alpha male fashion to bottle it up. I really enjoy watching Paddy Beaver and I think he could really pull it off. Five Paul Weller cravats out of five. I've seen lots of people suggesting that Thank about Max you, and it's certainly not impossible. I mean, they've, they've had him fancying Sonia. Uh, I mean, we, we've seen from other other storylines and real life how if somebody is gay, they might still have have feelings for somebody of the opposite well, sex. Have a, you have especially a when you're still on, trying to, you know, when you're figure young, out you who you are. you have a crush on everybody. Yeah, so this this could be a, an identity story for Max. And that's kind of what I was thinking maybe with Hope and the dresses things as well might be going there, but I, I don't know. But um, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. And um, that could lead to some kind of confusing feelings for Max Especially when he's kind of thinking about David's rape and everything as well. And... I don't know why you said that. Well, no, just because of you know Josh being gay and Josh and, and him saying being I don't an want enemy. To... Yeah, yeah, I, I don't want to. I... Okay, I'm glad you explained. Yeah, that. no, 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 that's literally all I mean from that. Um, so it, it it could well happen. Also, I it's very it... interesting that he's the only he would be the only young gay character. Um, male character, young gay male. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. The, the youngest gay male character on the Paul. show is Paul, and he's yeah, he's tw- mid twenties. 
I think he's even later. Oh, he's, I think he's in his 30s now, I would say, Paul. I don't know. So, yeah, no, that is quite interesting. But it, but I guess that would mean as well that they would probably have to introduce some other... A boyfriend! Yes, boyfriend material for Matt. <laughs> Maybe some of his bullies are also gay and they're just taking out their frustration about not being able to come to terms with their sexuality by, you know, bullying being Max. Being horrible. Being horrible about it. I don't know. Maybe. Do you want to say anything? I guess we'll see. I mean, like I said on last week's podcast, I am definitely enjoying New Max a lot more now than I had been. And um and and I, I think that Paddy would could well be up for that kind of storyline, so we will have to see. Um, Gemma, back to you. What does Tasnia have to say? Poor Maria. I still oh, don't care Maria. about her though. <laughs> <laughs> I think the reason this story isn't working for people is because it's not just a recycling old an old story. It's just not very relatable. I can't imagine someone doing what Maria did and going through this in real life. So it just feels like an overreaction. The Kathy story a while back is a perfect example of one that did work initially as they did muck about up a bit, but it's very reflective of real life. People say controversial things a lot of times without ill will, but the internet will attack even when the person makes a sincere apology it isn't enough because the internet doesn't allow for human error. Even when a person does or says something innocent, all it takes is for one person to take it the wrong way and the whole internet will follow like sheep and attack. I think Maria needed to say something that could at least be interpreted in a negative way but i think the show is just too chicken it's like they want the dramatic outcome but the show is just underwhelming oh the cause is just underwhelming yeah i, I kind of agree with that a little bit I do, I do think that recycling is a trigger point i think people do do not like the sad thing about environmental issues is it's become political and it really shouldn't be political it should be common sense mm. yeah i mean um some people think that that there's just a this is the straw that broke the camel's back they'll say well we'll do this we'll do this we'll do this but separating our glass out no way and we saw a little bit of that in the show with Kirk saying I don't don't see the point of this or was he saying that better I don't see the point of it and that was just kind of people general muttering and not being horrible and I, I said to you since recording last week's podcast that I completely forgot that Kirk and Maria were brothers then <laughs> brother and sister. sister and so him being you know not completely supportive of his sister's um, policies was kind of interesting but they're obviously not wanting to go anywhere there I'm always forgetting that they're that they're related when they have scenes together they can be quite nice but it's like they don't want to really invest in this this pair being uh, siblings but anyway I digress Gemma continue as for Max, this is so frustrating. You'd think David would know the law better. There's no way he'd get in trouble for this, even if he's on a suspended sentence. The bullies have way more to lose. They willingly received child pornography and acquired it through deception. They're now blackmailing the underage child and threatening to distribute it. And I can't believe how dumb those bullies are outing themselves. The Platts have the upper hand. They know the names and they can easily get more info for the school. from the school. It's just staring them in the face, but they can't see it. Very good point. I'm glad Audrey and Gail made up, but I really don't think Audrey likes her family. <laughs> oh. I I think Audrey never wanted to have children. <laughs> Did she say well, this? As she probably hasn't in the past, to be fair. I mean, I can I can imagine feeling this way. I would love to have a family. I would love to have a lot more family members, but I don't want to make them myself. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, she says, I think she could do with or without. Stephen is right when he says it's easy to be the favourite when you're not around. If you're not there, you can't be annoying. <laughs> but also, he'll forever be the baby she abandoned, even though she had no choice. She still has to live with that guilt. And she doesn't help that Stephen lived halfway across the world. So they can't have much of a relationship. But then again, we never see Audrey wanting to visit him. She has the money and the flexibility, but she never visits him. So maybe she's not that guilty. <laughs> I'm really enjoying the George story. I think Todd was fantastic the other day. It just shows how much better a character is when Billy is out of the picture. Yep. I know people say Summer is a drag, but I think Billy is worse. <laughs> I didn't even know I liked Paul until he got dumped by Billy. We got to see him with other people. It's <laughs> 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 brilliant. Oh, no. They really have done a number on they Billy a, a little bit. bit. Well, I really like Billy when he first I, yeah, came Yeah, Billy... Oh, poor Billy. It's, it just doesn't feel like those ones work together, those characters. And and, yeah. and and also, in my head, I'm thinking, well, the only reason that they have thrown them together isn't because of the potential interesting... No. It's like, well, these are the gay you characters know, this and they've got of, to have stories together. This totally just... reminds me of when you're a little kid, right, and your parents have got another parent friends and they throw you in a room with another child who's like the same age or even not even the same age as you and they're like your children yeah. go and play with each other so the writer's like you're all gay you can be in a story together and it they're is. like we don't like each other actually yeah it's just like that or when you go out to um to dinner with various families and that's here's the children's table yeah, sit everybody's on... sitting on the little table <laughs> go, in the, here. go in the gay storyline with all the other gay men please yeah and it didn't work no although i do like the gay dad trio it's not not doing it for me. Okay. Tasnia says, finally, I'm not enjoying the Peter story as much, but I just loved him smashing the car. I won't even mention how anyone can transfer £100,000 like that. It's just ridiculous. But I guess they're starting to queue up the times. A couple of years ago, they wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been casually walking around with £100,000 in their wallet. Very true. But I don't think he has got the £100,000. I think it was no. a ruse. Well, they had that bit when um, uh, Peter was saying, oh, the money's still not come in yet. And I wondered whether it was going to be a repeat of the um, the thing with the, the Steve. charity thing. Curtis and Steve last Christmas. And it's just the really, really slow bank transfer speeds in Weatherfield. But uh, yeah, if I think if it's not here by Friday, it's... Uh, it's not going to come at all. I think it's fairly clear that he has been duped here. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I'd like £100,000. If somebody wants, I want to buy a barbecue hut. If anyone wants to donate a hundred thousand pounds to see Gemma drunk on our honeymoon, yeah, but no, we have to give it to the Trussell Trust. Well, if 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 you can put like put as a reference, <laughs> you can keep it if you like. Yeah, yeah, we'll. Uh, no, we can't. No, I'd forget. No, if somebody gave me the choice, I'd have to go. Oh no, I'd love to give it to charity. Well, yeah, maybe and then I'd give get... it to charity, and then I feel really mad for if the rest of my life. If somebody gave you a hundred thousand pounds for the for the video of you drunk on honeymoon, you could maybe give like fifty thousand pounds of it to the Trussell Trust. Uh, we'll cross that bridge. <laughs> okay. Nicole has written in and said, well, it took longer than I thought. Apparently I have a life outside of Corrie. Right. But I finally got there. No one does. Close to 15 hours of Corrie to catch oh up with. Oh my God. Still a few weeks behind the UK, of course, but that's as always. It was a fun way to watch, especially with all the drama around Abby, Toya and Imran. I am, of course, spoiler-free, so I was totally surprised when Imran died. Oh, bless you. <laughs> I am so sorry to see him go. Devastating. I was able to listen to your podcast after that big week and loved hearing your take on it. Unfortunately, I had to miss a couple of your prior episodes because I just didn't have time. No, but unacceptable. I knew I just had to get your take on all of it, and you didn't disappoint. I really, <laughs> really enjoyed oh, it. Oh, I like that. Thank I'm you. glad I, to hear I, that, I, Did you like the flash-forward at the beginning? Of yeah, that, that was so creative. Have you heard our interview with Charlie Dimmel? 
Milo as well. I know that you're trying to catch up on Can't podcasts remember. and everything, but surely you can squeeze an hour and 40 to listen to me and Charlie chewing Yapping. the fat. Um, Can't remember whose idea that flash forward was. <laughs> was it yours? As far as what's going to happen now, I have no idea. Is there now going to be a three-way custody battle with Sarah throwing her hat into the ring? I hope not. Well, there isn't. Surely Abby can prove her stability and fitness, especially now she has the support of Kevin. By the way, I did not buy at all that Kevin so easily supported her in taking her off to Costa Rica with Alfie. That just didn't make no, sense didn't. to me. I agree. And it's all... No one cares anymore. She tried to kidnap a baby. No. But she's the goody two-shoes because she's the mum... Isn't it so weird that now Wendy Crozier has been in the show for two weeks and she's had, what, three scenes? Four she's scenes, doing what you... maybe? What is going on? Can I just say, when, when Wendy Crozier is the Michael Dodson of Coronation Street. Because she sits and watch Abby and she takes notes all day long. She writes mm. down everything she does and at the end she's got, like, discussion points. It seems, it just seems like, you know, a waste of potential. If if we're supposed to be watching Abby learning how to be a mum, that'd be kind of interesting to and watch, And where was it? she today when um, Alfie, no, earlier in the week when uh, Abby was walking around with Alfie? She should have been watching her to make sure she doesn't abuse him or give him drugs or something. Well, I think after her last encounter with Tracy, um, oh, Coronation Street is worth. the last place that Wendy wants to be at the moment. But honestly, it just seems like... Why bring back this legacy character? I'm sure she'll be in it again. I'm sure she will as well, but it's just weird timing. I don't know. Ooh. Anyway, um, uh, the thing is, Michael, is they had to they had to bring her back before. They had to bring her back earlier because she had to be there so that she could get Abby to take Alfie home. But we couldn't have her come back in the same week as Spider and the same week as Stephen because it'd be like oh. Because we already had Nikki and, and Mimi and, and Spider all come back in the same day today. They could have had a whole load of people coming back all in one week and they could have billed it as the Rover's return, couldn't they? <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm not really into the summer story, Nicole continues. Although I get that it's a story to be told, the pressures of a young people to meet their own and others' expectations in today's competitive world. Mm. And she's the character to tell that story because of her added challenges. But... She's really starting to annoy me. <laughs> Which, I suppose that means the actress and the writers are doing a good all of our, job. All of our um, listeners are so nice, aren't they? They're like, I'm really trying to empathise with this person, but I bloody just hate them. I can't do it. <laughs> See, I don't know whether they're doing a good job. I don't think we're supposed to be annoyed by Summer. Um, no, but I think it's true that a lot of, you know, we have a lot of people listening who are very empathetic and they do try to sort of, you know, they have their opinions on things and they try to see past those opinions to, you know, work a bit more with what they're given. But sometimes you just can't do it, can you? Sometimes yeah. somebody just grates you. Sometimes it's tricky. Grates on you. I always find after the wind-up of a major storyline, the email continues, in this case Toya, Imran and Abby, that there is a lull or a flattening in my interest in Corrie. It's like mm. I haven't been invested in any of the other characters for a while and now the focus shifts to them and it takes me a while to even care. So I kind of think I'm heading into that now. Uh -oh. But I know it won't take long before I'm back into it. Well, don't give up, Nicole, because you don't want to be having the face with another 15 hours of Coronation Street to binge, this do you? Is what, this is what happens. You've got to keep up with it. It's like... 
It's like doing your skating boards. She's just about to see poor Kathy leaving, isn't she? <gasps> and also, you won't get to see Spider coming back if you give it a, a rest, Nicole. So yeah, you've got to keep it. You've got to take the rough with the smooth. Um, she continues because this this email was sent on Friday. Today is Canada Day, and it's a beautiful sunny day here. I hope to get out and join in some of our community activities. I hope you guys are well. And if I'm not mistaken, see, here's how you do it, Stephanie. If I'm not mistaken, no. Michael's birthday is around the corner. If so, all the best. Yes, this is my birthday right now. Have a wonderful birthday celebration and a great summer. I will now be back to listening to you regularly. Yay! Thank you. Oh, I am now, we're now 124th into my birthday. This is the best birthday ever. Do you know it's Canada's 150th birthday today? That's pretty good. Oh, is it? Happy birthday, Canada. It's my 39th. That doesn't, it doesn't sound quite so impressive, is it? Is it? No. Um, should, we, should, we, should we do Nancy's email? Yeah, there's just so many emails this week. I know we've got Thank lots, of, lots like, of extra like this. people this week. A lot of them came in today as well because I was getting to um, yesterday and thinking, oh, we haven't got much feedback this week. But my thoughts must have been cast out there into the internet because they've all come in. Go on, Nancy, Gemma. Rita having drinks and discussing things with Audrey was wonderful. It was hilarious when Audrey fired everyone, but she's, when she speaks to Gail terribly, it's because of her depression. Peter gave the Platt some good advice and I hope that when Audrey recovers from her fall, she can get some good help. Hopefully Stephen and Gail can come up with a plan to help her adjust to getting older. Gail needs to hang in there and not give up. It is difficult when the parent becomes a child. Shona, and so much with her comments. Oh, Shona's so funny. I miss Shona this week. I know, me too. Even though Max acts like he knows a lot of things, he is still a child. He was out of his depth trying to handle the catfishing situation. I had a hard time watching the scene when he was on his knees. I'm glad he got up and defended himself. I hope Max will go to the police. Shona is wiser in these situations than he is. Than David is, sorry. The Donkey Sanctuary woman's conversation with Tim was hilarious. Tim and Sally going to a sex therapist may help them out. Those scenes were great. It is wonderful that Sally and Tim are starting to become friends and I hope Tim does not have an affair. I was just thinking, going back to what Max said about the police, uh, Nancy said about Max going to the police, I hope that they, that they do do something like that soon, but it doesn't. it's not too late. The police aren't going to turn around and say, why don't you come earlier, are they? I didn't think so. Oh, by the way, there was that, um, I think that was Craig's mate, Jess, that was in the police station yeah, was. today, wasn't it? That's Police officer Jess. Police officer Jess. It's odd that they decided to bring her back, but... Maybe she's going to be doing oh, something else. Nancy says, Abby and Alfie seem to be settling in fine with Wendy. I thought Tracy's reaction to seeing Wendy was hilarious. Will Wendy meet up with Ken? Yes. Maria is proving that a hairdresser can be an effective counsellor. I hope she's able to get cooperation and deal with the recycling issues. I give this week's three, three and a half... I give this week's episode three and a half fancy cravats out of five. The character of the week is Audrey. Mm. There's Thank a lot of prejudice you. against hairdressers and the people thinking they can't be counsellors. So um, yeah, it's about good time job, Maria. somebody stood up for the hairdressing counsellors or the yeah. counselling hairdressers. <laughs> well, you know, many of them would say that they do. Yeah. They are counsellors as they cut. Mm. Um, right, Rebecca, last one for today says, great week on the street headed by the Platt Audrey family drama. I loved Audrey in Wednesday's episode whenever it was her flirting or mothering Ryan <laughs> to calling Kelly a silly little girl and sacking her. Um, her, Maria and David. Added to that, her drunken acting with Rita in Monday's episode and treating Stephen like the golden boy on Fridays, Sue stole the show this week. I'm wondering why Stephen is there and also if he thought that when Sarah rung that this could be his last chance to have everything given to him and write the rest of the family 
out of the will. Oh, will is become a will story. No, don't write me out of the will. I want £100,000. Rebecca says that she doesn't trust Stephen. I don't trust him. I'm also enjoying the Max story, and I like the idea that the Platts might struggle to pay the blackmail money, although I like the idea that Stephen might have a hand in paying it. I never thought that Max's two friends might be making up Sonia's boyfriend, but you could be right on that point. I was also worried for Julia's baby when Max punched Shona. Tim and Sally were hilarious this week, especially the donkey woman and the sex therapist bits. Tim having Webby County at the top of his list, I predicted straight away, and Sally saying she liked to wear a big furry muff was typical Sally. I just, please, please, don't make Aggie and Tim have an affair, or Sally and Uncle Ronnie either, come to think about it. Leave both Sally and Tim and Aggie and Ed alone, please. Disappointed that the Thorn story was only at the end of the week, but I'm hoping it might be in it more next week. Well, it was. I'm going to predict that he gets away with what he did, as it creates more drama rather than he gets struck off and quietly leaves the street. I'm also thinking Peter gives the dictaphone in as evidence, which as soon as I saw Ken with it, I was like, please let Peter record Thorn on that. But it gets struck off as evidence for some reason. Again, shame we didn't get any more Wendy after Monday's episode. I'm assuming that Tracy saw Wendy after, Wendy after her last appearance in 2012, but I found it funny her ranting and Wendy trying to avoid number one. I'm a little confused as to the dirt she has on Ken, though, unless she's going to pull the trick she played in 2012 when she accused Ken of trying to assault her. Abby wasn't around then, so she doesn't know anything. The Maria story is very tedious, but it needs to be said. <laughs> I did think, do you think Alan, that's the writers pitched it to me in McLeod? Well, like, Ian, I've got, we've got this idea for a story. It's tedious, but it needs to be said. <laughs> it's a Maria storyline. Like, no, you no, know I'm always on. up for that. <laughs> um, I did think it was very timely with the real life strikes and talking that, about the bin men. That could be our slogan for this podcast. Tedious, but it needs to be said. <laughs> Finally, I'm kind of hoping Todd and George don't catch Frank doing something nasty. Like Gemma said, it'd be a better idea to show Frank has grown out of being a bully, but I can't shake off George isn't being totally honest here. I also like Sean's phone calls to Frank. They were really cute. And when Sean said, what's your favourite holiday? I said, Billy. No, that doesn't make sense. The, I said... You've forgotten what you were going to say here, Rebecca. You cut off yourself mid-sentence. Um, did you? Uh, no, I don't know what that says. I think there's a mistake. But never mind, I'm just going to plough on through this. <laughs> this is just right. Character of the week is, of course, Audrey. And I'll give it four times Audrey was drunk and in charge of a pair of scissors out of five. Yep. Yes. <laughs> I'm just confused. Right. That is it, everybody. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Nancy. Thank, Thank you, everybody Nicole who has transmitted to us and spoken to us and everything over and the George. week. We really appreciate all your support. Um, and I hope, speaking of support, that um, people listening are excited about our summer quiz. And I know, I, well, I, I really assume and hope that more than 10 people are going to want to do it. So I'm sorry for any disappointment for people who don't manage to get in, but I hope you're going to enjoy it um, when it comes round. So thank you, everybody, for... Um, for, for I prefer the old summer. Oh. You said summer quiz, and it took me that long to find this... to get summer's robot to say summer. But, but it's worth it. Is it Gemma. funny? Yes, I love Summer's Robot. <laughs> Summer's Robot has been quite quiet this week. I mean, I don't know whether he's just warming himself back up again. Hashtag speak and save. Very, very important. Speak and save. You've got to speak and save about the environment. You've got to speak and save about... Um, 
Wow. Shut up, Mike. Okay, fine. Um, so please email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com with all your thoughts on this week's Coronation Street. You can talk about the podcast as well if you like. We're at conversationstreet at gmail.com. We're on iTunes. Give us a review. We did put out regress reviews last week. We didn't get any. Please give us a review. It'd be lovely. A lovely five-star review would be just what we need right now uh, for birthday and everything. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're at Conversation Strew. And we are getting close to... What are we getting close to? 8,000? Well, yeah, yeah. I really want to get to ten thousand because we might get be able to get a blue tick. Oh yeah, ten thousand gets us a blue. Well, if we, we well maybe we can't get a blue tick without ten thousand. Yeah, you definitely can't get it. Um, we are on Spotify. We're on Facebook. We've got a lovely Facebook group there. We're on YouTube where we upload lots of things. This week on YouTube, we re-uploaded the um, Gloria, Gloria, what's her name? Gloria Price. Price. Um, uh, lots so of people have written in. Price is so boring. Don't even remember their surname. A lot of people have um, written comments on that YouTube video saying, "I really love Gloria." So that must have been nice of them for us to be putting that up. Um, oh, and somebody tweeted us today saying that um, they've been listening to a oh, load yeah. of our old character profiles and they've been really enjoying them as well. Thank That's you, always whoever really you nice are. to hear. It Thank is. you. We do appreciate people saying that. Yes, yeah, um, so we're like Dr. Thorne. We just do it for the. Do it for the only do it for the falling adulation. Yeah, and um, God complex. Yes, um, and we are on Patreon as well. Don't forget, you can go and support us on Patreon. We're into a new month, so yeah, we're into a new month, which means that you can join. You don't get charged twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All good. Quick succession. You can access all of our amazing back episodes. We've done million. We've done a million episodes. Exactly. And we did top fives of every single topic (laughs) to do with Coronation Street. I think you're overselling it a little bit. Top five bus stops in Weatherfield was my was the last one we did. You won't believe what we put at number three. That's it, everybody. It's now one oh eight into my birthday. Um, We've got a busy day. Hour and eight minutes of your birthday. Wasted. This has been probably the best bit of the birthday. Can I have some birthday ice cream now before I go to bed? No. Oh, please. <laughs> no. We, we do, we, yeah, remember our ice cream maker, everybody. What have you made? What have you made? I've made speculoos. Ooh. I've made caramel. I've made vanilla. And I've made a sweet coconut one. I know you don't right. like that, but I found some sweet cake. And I'm going to make a banana one. I'm not going to have any of that. You don't have to have anything Okay, you but don't I am going to have some ice cream before I go to bed because it's my birthday. And yes, I it's your birthday. I, just, I didn't know. You didn't know what? It was your birthday. <laughs> Have I mentioned it yet? Ooh, I can't wait to see what cards and presents I got. Right, goodbye everybody. <laughs> see you next week. And ta-ra. Ta-ra. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Hey, hey.